Yeah, you don't I want don't to walk up to somebody it. and say, hey, how are you doing? I'm going for a divorce. It's so weird. Yeah, it's not an easy thing to just tell. And also, I was messed up for months. Over it. Like, mentally, just, you know, just, even if it's, even if you know it's going to happen and it's meant to happen and you're happy that actually it's sort of come to an end because it's been a hard period, you still go through a period where you're, you've been with somebody for so long, so just to suddenly not be with yeah. them, you go through this weird six maybe months, even could be a year of like weird transition back to sort of what, you know, some new version of yourself. Or... Welcome to R.I. Severe Skeptic Tank. I'm trying to think if it's going to be an intro or an outro. You're trying to do it on the 20th. November 20th. So 20th, what would I release? I would get Big J. Same rule just happened. Big J this week. And then, who's on this episode? It would be... Uh, maybe Carl Donnelly talking about divorce. You got divorced, right? Or got, you well, I was up. engaged and, okay. and not officially married to get divorced. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, that'll be what the episode is. All right. Carl Donnelly, my friend from, from the UK, one of the best London comics there is. Real American-style comedy. Episode 343. That's this week. Okay, so thanks for coming on. You actually, Ryan Sickler, has a new album out. That's why you're here? Yeah, thank you, dude. Thank yeah. you. Uh, it's called Get a Hold of Yourself. Drops Tuesday. November 20th today. Today. It's live today on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, Pandora, Spotify, everywhere you can get. Wherever albums. you go. Wherever Fucking you known go. Sickler for a long time. You're a great comic, so that's cool you thank have one you, out. Dude. You did my storytelling show. Twice, thank you. Twice. I did. Talked about the Gator. I did. What was and the other one? Being a ball boy for the 84 oh, Baltimore yeah. Colts God that never damn. happened. That, that's coming out next year. Okay. When our podcast <laughs> continues. Yeah. <laughs> what are they saying at release date on that? Do they know? Uh, just 2019 is oh, all wow. I know. Yeah. That's oh, all they I had know. to go through a lot of scrambling. What can you do? <laughs> um, uh, anyway, so on today's episode, Carl D. Bre- Brokes up with his, with his wife. We were just talking about divorce a little bit, how fucking difficult it is. Because Kevin Christie's dad, I don't know if I mentioned this to Carl. We did this in Edinburgh. Uh, he came on the crab feast and told us that whole story. Kevin it just Christie? blew me away. About his divorce or about his dad's? His dad right? hiking and oh, all yeah. that. Oh, man. Dude, I was there with him then. Not there with him, but like we had to go up there and do a memorial, and it was just so sad. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. And then he went on. A, he was on a search and everything too. Yeah. Oof. And it was on the news. I yeah. remember watching the improv. They're like, and they're like, that's Kevin's dad. And then they realized later, like the search went on three or four or five days, and then later they're like, he probably didn't make it through the first night. Like they had to like kind of face that, which is also okay. Once he I mean, once you, they you, found his body, it was until like, you get up there, you forget like. 
you think L.A. pussy, soft Santa Monica, everybody gets a trophy. You get up in those fucking mountains, man. Yeah. It's the real deal. It's the wilderness, there. dude. It's it is the wilderness. And you're just away. That's right. The yep. cold comes in at you. It's everything. So there's no, all the trees. That's right. All the trees were bare because it was wintertime. Yep. His landmarks were gone. Or it had just been a fire or something, too. Oh, all the landmark trees he knew were gone. So when you split up with your baby mama. Mm-hmm. My daughter's mother. You were gonna? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were going to? We were engaged. Oh yeah, yeah. I was in it for everything. Like, and and the and the thing is too, we had dated for two and a half years, yeah, and then we split for two years. Didn't even communicate, wow. and then she came back around, and it took me a while, and then I finally agreed to do it because she has a son who I just my stepson. I love this kid, yeah, and it was the first time I'd ever lost two people in a relationship. It's also the first time I ever went back to a relationship. You went. Why did it break so up? So we first went time? back. She wanted to break up. Why? So you have no idea why and she ha- wanted. And then to? how much time had to pass in between then? Do you know that's my phone? Yeah, I know. I, oh, okay. I don't have one. I got to look up some. Um, two two and a half years together, and then two years apart, and then a good year or so together before we got engaged, and then we were together for a year. And then at right around a year old, my uh, that's when she split. When my daughter was a year old, she split. Again? Hell no. no. Okay. Fuck was it really no. hard splitting up? Yeah. The second time was even harder because now, <laughs> now I lost two people, three people. It's literally the equivalent of somebody going, okay, I know you need to get to New York. You see that plane that's on fire over there? Yeah. Get back on that and we'll give you the fucking shot. That's Fuck. basically what I did. But I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, I love being a dad. I'm stoked about. Are you okay with her my now? My daughter. We get. I mean, you know, we 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 get along enough. Yeah, I, I'm trying my best to always. Like, did you think you know ego and swallowing your pride just so your kid can always see you as like, oh well, he did the right thing. Like, man, that is a that is a hard practice, especially for. A, a professional comedian who likes to be a smartass all the fucking yeah, time. Yeah, I don't know how you'd fucking keep track of a kid. It's knee jerk to want to say all that shit. How I keep track of a kid? Well, I'm also a really good fucking producer, and you just produce your life. Really? I do. Every time I travel, I sit down, I write every fucking thing I'm going to need on a plane for her and what I'm going to need back there and whether I have laundry back there I can do. I don't need to carry as much all the time. I I can see that. So you're just like, I'm going to need this then? Okay, let's make sure that's taken care of. I need bathing suits. I need sunscreen. They have that shit there, you know. And when you're a single parent flying with a kid or just any any solo parent let me just say that with a kid a, a toddler a newborn yeah. that shit is not Dude, easy adding man. kids into a breakup to me would be the craziest it's part. crazy because then you have to talk to them about this other thing yeah. you can't just split clean i mean i'm already getting things like madeline's mom and dad live in the same house you know it's starting to come now so i i gotta sit there and answer all those questions but i mean you the girl you broke up with yeah you gotta still have her in your life you can't be like, I actually don't want to talk to you ever again. No, not at all. And you got to be nice and cordial and see each other at events and coordinate. And there's a lot of stuff. I mean, look, hey, that to be in a success, quote unquote, perfect marriage with children is yeah. super difficult. You have to be dialed in. You have to be even more dialed in if you want to be good parents and you're not together. Like, you would think it's easier because, oh, you do your shit. No. If you're going to be good parents, you both have to know what the fuck's going on and Whoa. be dialed into yeah, that. you like, can't fight about it. No. We're potty training. This is what's going on. I, right. I, I was the first weekend without the pacifier. I was like, look. We're just, I, so I tell my daughter all the time, you got Baltimore blood in you. You I can't tell her, you're potty tough. train like 
for three days and then have her just be like, oh, and no, she no. puts a diaper on and fucks it all up. Yeah. Yeah, well, you got to be on the same page. Yeah, well, I talked to Carl about his divorce. But that, that seems way worse to have that, to have that anchor. You, you, and Dude, you, know, you, you naively think, oh, 18, I only have to do it for 18 years. No, you don't. College. She's going to want to be like, oh, are you going to pay for her college? Oh, by the way, when she Weddings. gets married, Christmas is married. Right, exactly. Holiday, she holiday. Gets Where married. is she going to go now? Are Mom's you both going to be there? I know. Yeah. It's the rest Please of your life. Please don't ruin my wedding for me. By it's an again. even more of a commitment than a, a marriage to, wow. to do it well. To do it well. And there's no fucking oaths you have to take. No. It just happens. It just has to happen. Fuck that. Yeah. Oh, I got snipped. <laughs> did you? Yeah. Oh, you did? I realized. I, was I think about it all the time. My brother did it. Really? Yeah, he's like, it was in and out. Right? It was easy, man. Yeah, that's what he said. He's I was like, on stage that night. A little sore, sitting down on the car mm-hmm. ride home, but other than that, I was fine the next yeah. day. Yep. I mean, do whatever you want to do, but... We'll see. You with a girl now? No. Okay. No one's serious right now. Um, anyway, Carl Donnelly, one of the best British comics around, for real. I always see him at Edinburgh. His hour at Edinburgh is always a fucking fun thing to watch. He has a podcast called the Carl and Chris Podcast. I've been on twice. Everybody, please check that out. You ever go to Edinburgh? I went there when I played soccer, I told you about, for oh, Europe, but never for the festival. While your family was breaking up. Yeah, while my dad was dying. <laughs> while your dad was dying. <laughs> Coming soon, by the way. Maybe next, next TBD winter. TBD in the winter. Um, damn, yeah, what a fucking great city. So we did that there. You got to go for a festival if you can. I'd love to, man. I loved it over there. I was 16 when I was there. I was blown away by the castles and everything really? else going, oh, man. Dude, you and Jay, if you wanted could take both your families out there and just do a fucking month of podcasts, just banking podcasts, get some cool British guests and just bank them for a month to a small venue where you do like begging for change afterwards. That's what I'd I do. I'd love to do it. And then just go there or do stand-up whatever days. But you can make it worth it. Oh, it'd be cool. You got to go now? Yeah. All right. Hey, man, good luck with your special. Thank this you. CD, I mean, it's an album. Remember, album. remember when people did those? It's the same thing, though. It's still an hour of fucking it's, your best material. It is. I'm very proud of it. I'm very, very proud of it. Ryan Sickler, get a hold of yourself. Available now. Um, all right, go fucking meet your daughter. Thank you, buddy. Uh, I'll keep going with this. All right. Yeah. Um, so, guys, yeah, go take another leak. Um, yeah, so me and Carl met in Edinburgh, and we just talked about what breakups were like. His was actually not so bad. The ones I've had have been shitty. Did I take any notes on this? By the way, I've got my fucking Edinburgh notebook. Oh, you know what? I take notes about like what I'm supposed to talk about in a in an intro. Oh, the one from last week. Mentioned the MSG show on the intro. Well, I didn't do that for fucking Sam Morrill's. Mentioned the MSG show. What's the MSG show? Oh, his MSG show. Well, I guess it's over though. Um. Yeah, so I write these things of questions to ask and stuff to get to, and then if I have like ideas about music. So sometimes I'll look at it for the music, but it also says, like, in the intro, cover this or that. Wait, Carl Donnelly. Boom, I found it. Vietnam. Okay, I for sure said that. Series, French hours. Drugs keep you young. Oh, those are, those are notes to myself. I'll probably want more drugs. Okay, here's some questions. Did you want? No. Absolutely nothing. Did women act differently after you break? Oh, this is just his questions. All right, great. Um, Vietnam. Oh, that was that was Kevin's dad. So what I'm what I talked about. I guess I talked about it in the podcast was Kevin's dad describing 
um, that his breakup was like it was harder for him than Vietnam, than his service in Vietnam, not the way I do Vietnam. Um, what are the odds I make that same exact joke in the intro? Anyway, it was a good discussion. Carl's a fucking funny comic, you guys. You should watch him. My breakups have been bad. I'm actually sitting at, at the site of one of the worst things I've ever done in a breakup. Um, I'll see you later, Sickler. Thank you, brother. Yeah, have fun with your daughter. Thank you. Um, yeah, we'll talk about when to do that whole podcast. Um, I'm in front of the comedy store, and I am. this is where like, I get the idea that I try not to judge my friends in moments of breakups. Because you're just not act, thinking clearly. Boys and girls. You're just not thinking clearly. And I was here. Natasha Legero was at a table with, I think, Morgan Murphy and some one of the, like, the good alt like writers in the scene. What, I don't know who he was. Maybe a musician. I was so jealous and angry. So anyway, we did a story about this on This Is Not Happening. We've covered it. Well, I'm friends with all these people now. Well, not that guy, whoever that guy was. But... I was so mad at her for hanging out at the comedy store. I felt like this was my place, my one place I could go to be, to, to have some safety away from fucking, I would go to parties on weekends, she'd be there, I'd hear her laugh. It was so hard. I'd hear her laugh from like down the street in like those Los Feliz Silver Lake parties. I'm like, fuck, I gotta go, go off and do emotional war. That's what it was. It's emotional war when you gotta see your fucking ex and you still care. So she was here at the comedy store and I set this line in my head like, that's not allowed, even though, of course, I'm not the one allowed to choose that. <sighs> but I wasn't thinking clearly, and I threw a glass of ice water in her face. I was talking to Rick Ingram right where I am right now on this corner edge. She was sitting by the window, the window into the showroom. And he was like, you see Natasha there? And I was like, I sure do. And he goes, are you okay with that? I'm like, no, I'm not. And he was like, what are you going to do? And I was like, real calm. I was like, I'm, I'm going to throw this glass of water in her face. <laughs> Rick, by the way, loves chaos as much as I do. He's like, okay. <laughs> can I, can I, I think he actually asked, can I watch that? And I was like, yeah, sure, if you want to. Real calm. Dude, when a sociopath has time to think, <laughs> it's never great. And I just walked up to her and I was like, you're not wanted here, cunt. And I threw the glass of water in her face. And she was like, oh. she's wearing like a mink coat. And then I went up the steps to the cover booth and kind of hung out and let my fucking rage. All the adrenaline was pumping. I talked to Brian Irwin for a little bit. This comic, he didn't know anything had happened. We were just talking. I was being real normal. And then Callan came up. One by one, it was like Callan came up. Uh, 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 Morgan Murphy came up. That dude, that writer dude, a musician, he came up. He was like, <laughs> Ingram talks about that. Morgan was like, Ari, why are you making this hard for me? I guess it was uncomfortable for her to have to sit there now. Um, Brian Cowan was like, hey, man, you can't fucking throw a glass of water in some lady's face. And then 10 minutes later, he came back. He's like, oh, man, I didn't know you had a history with that woman. I, I, I get it. Heartbreak. I understand. I'm not, I shouldn't have opened my mouth. <laughs> um, and then that guy came up and goes, that was really lame what you did, man. And I was like, okay. He goes, yeah. I just, he didn't know what to do. He'd never been in a confrontation. Those alt guys, they don't get into fucking physical things. But it felt like to him like it should be physical. But he didn't know how to enter into that relationship. So he was just like, it was just lame what you did. And I was like, okay. But instantly I knew, like, I had no fight with him. Like, normally the old self would have been like, fuck him too. But I think, I wonder why I didn't get mad at that guy. Maybe that was me growing right then. I was like, okay. And he goes, yeah, it was just lame. He just kept repeating it. I just think it was really lame. And I was like, all right, well, you said your piece. 
I think I said something along those lines. I'm like, so you've said that. Is there anything else? He just kept saying it. It's just lame. It's just lame to do that. And I was like, all right, I got it. You think I'm lame to do that? I was like right in his face, though. We were like, I, I, my memories of that night were pretty, were pretty fucking hazy. I don't know how close I was to him. But it must have been close to a physical altercation. Never happened, though. Anyway, so I'm standing right there. And I'm remembering that now. These fucking breakups that you go through. They're horrible. They're horrible. Oh, Duncan had to call me. He's like, oh, you threw a glass of water at a 92-pound woman. And I was like, what does her size have to do with how fast water dries up? <laughs> even then, I was too fucking... <laughs> even in that state, I was still too, like, um, centered in, like, logic. I was like, I mean, you can get me with an argument, but I didn't push her. It's the least physical, physical thing. It affects everyone exactly the same. Glass of water. Um... Anyway, so me and Carl, man, and Pearl, I apologize by that, by the way, profusely for that. I still just feel terrible about it. It was wrong. But I was a kid, man. I was too uh, fucking driven by anger. It was nuts. You're not thinking clearly during breakups. You're not thinking clearly. You just feel righteous and you feel angry. Whew. That was crazy. I was right here. I can actually picture it out. I've never talked about this while I'm in the exact place it happened. And then later, the next day, the talent coordinator, Tommy, called me. He's like, oh, you're making her com- comfortable for me. Now, she's, she doesn't want to be here when you're here. And guys, honestly, it worked. <laughs> I mean, it worked. She didn't come around anymore. For like four or five years, she didn't come around. And I didn't really, I got in like a, a menial amount of trouble, if anything. And I was able to get the comedy store back for like five years. Until I really, really didn't care. I remember Bobby Lee talking about it. She just kept saying like, it's been five years since we broke up. Dude, it was so long after we had broken up. Because it's been five years. And Bobby was like, ah, three and a half. Like, you know, say what it is. Yeah, it was three and a half years after we broke up. What a fucking brat I was. Wow. Yeah, but anyway, I got the place back for like five, six years, whatever it was. And then later when I apologized to her, it was like, you know, come, please come back. I, I just felt bad. There was no like, here's the reason I did that. It was obviously, the reasons don't matter anymore. It was just wrong. So anyway, um, I met with Carl and I was like, let's talk about breakups. They're fun. And so we sat down in his flat in Edinburgh, the same flat that we'd done that DMT podcast, I think in the same room. Two, three years earlier, he was on this podcast talking about DMT. Carl Donnelly's done DMT hella times. I mean, more than anybody, like 50 times, as of the last time I did a podcast with him. So we talked about that a little bit, too, uh, where his fucking psychedelic situations are like right now. I mean, he's been through it. So listen to that podcast. I don't know what number it is. Um, But anyway, that's it. Let's start the episode. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I don't have a title for this. Ari Shafir Skeptic, episode 340. What do I got? One, then two. Episode 343. I got to come up with something for a title. For breakups, divorce. Let's just make it breakups, I guess. Because his divorce doesn't really come into play that much. So his was just a type of breakup. So like, breaking up is hard to do. That's a pretty good title. Breaking up is hard to do. Because I think it's a song by that band with that chick she tried to go off on her own later 
they were the talk of the town in LA for a while. What is it? Her name is like Jill or something or Annie. Not not St. Vincent. Fuck. Breaking up is hard to do. That's not it at all. Jill or something, right? She went off on her own. She couldn't hang with the band anymore. The band's name was like a first and last name. I'm just going to play it. I mean, you're going to hear it. So I'll have figured it out. And if, if not, I'll put it in the outro. If not, I'll put it in the outro. I think it's breaking up. It's hard. This is the date you have when you have a flip phone, everybody. You could just figure it out. I will get it. I won't commit it to memory any more than I always do. It's something I always forget. Fuck, what was the name of that band? It was right around 2005, they were, they had control of the music world. They was on the cover of, they were on the cover of fucking Rolling Stone when it still mattered. Why everybody loves, and then they broke up over something. Maybe I'll find out why they broke up in the outro, if I do remember the song. Um, anyway, here it is. Breaking Up Is Hard To Do by this band. If they don't have that song, I'll play something else, and then I'll talk about it in the outro either way. Why do they break up? Guys, without details of who I'm talking about, this is worthless for you. I realize that now. Let's start the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, Ari Shapiro's Cup of Tech, episode 243. Breaking up is hard to do with Carl Donnelly, one of the best comics in London. Please check out his podcast, The Carl and Chris Podcast. Hit him up on Twitter if you liked it. Thanks, by the way. I know when you guys don't like my guests, it's cool. I appreciate... I look at Twitter once in a while. I try not to. It's not on my phone. I gotta, like... If I do, if I'm having a weak moment, I got to go online and search and do like, I don't have access to the account anymore. I email, I can tweet 140 from my phone and I can, if I email it to my lady who puts them up for me, oh, almost an accident, uh, I can go up to 280. So when I have links and stuff, I just email it to her. But I can look every once in a while. I can see real easily like uh, response. So like when I ask for like... Um, uh, uh, photoshops that you guys all do I pay 25 bucks for that I know it's not enough for your hard work but guests here make 100 so yeah making a quarter of what they make still pretty good I know it's not worth your time don't spend a lot of time but the people who do I always appreciate you doing it um, anyway what was I saying oh so I checked the threads of that to find the fucking photoshops uh, that I can just open up real quick but um, I look once in a while and, and when the hatred comes in from a guest the guys who don't tag them that is like, great. I understand if you don't like somebody, but don't have to fucking go seek them out and try to ruin their day. Don't be an asshole. You know what I mean? To tag whoever it is. And you guys, for the most part, are really keeping it just at me and not at the guest. And when you do like the guest, I also like that you reach out and let them know because it makes them feel good. We're fucking needy people comics and it makes them feel fucking good. So thanks for doing it both ways in the right way. I appreciate it. I got a good fan base and just every once in a while, you guys should feel happy about that I appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, Archie for Skeptic, episode 343. Breaking up is hard to do. Oh, where am I now? That means I am now in... I'm in London. Oh, I didn't do my dates. I'm in London right now. Shows are sold out. But don't forget, coming up still. Um, yeah, I'm in London right now. The 20th. Is that what he said? Yeah. I just got done with Reykjavik. No, maybe I'm Brighton. Either way, it's sold out. But I'm in the UK. I'm probably staying in London. Um, hell yes. That's right. So I got Brussels coming up. Reykjavik's done. Sorry, you missed it. Brussels, Copenhagen, Amsterdam, Stavanger and Oslo for Norway. Um, uh, Zurich, Jerusalem, Tel Aviv. Those might be sold out by now. Um, um, 
Where else? Amsterdam, Berlin, December 2nd. Really happy about that one. But these are all coming up in the next two weeks. So check AriTheGreat.com for tickets to all these shows. And then Sacramento and Denver. Um, and hopefully by now I have um, um, Oakland on the 30th or the 8th. But check AriTheGreat.com for tickets uh, for all those. Am I thinking of any other cities? Amsterdam, Copenhagen, Brussels, Stockholm. Anyway, if you live in Europe and you want to see me, check my fucking website right now. I'm for sure forgetting something. Zurich. All right. Let's start. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Right? Is that it? Yes, that's it. And watch my special double negative. Goodbye. Here we go. Breaking up is hard to do. Fucking, what's her name? I'm trying to get her name, too. It's not like a Jill, but it has nothing to do with the band name. All right, whatever. Here we go. Here's to all the pretty girls you're gonna meet. Am I breaking up? get home and yeah you, you know, can I have like two three beers get a little loads. buzz I've had, I've had nights where I finished my show and met people for drinks and then you know I'm drunk but it's 11 o'clock and I'm in bed yeah. <laughs> it's amazing you can actually get up you're like is that too early like 11 o'clock it's like a late night yes. for Tuesday and then you can also sleep long enough that you wake up at 9am the next day and you feel absolutely fine dude I've been getting out of bed at like waking up at like 12.45 getting out of bed at like 2.30 and then it's like what am I doing yeah what what time have you been going to bed yeah it's like 4 or 4.30 oh see I've tried to I've had 3 or 4 of those yeah the whole festival it's bad news yes not good you feel I always get to a point now if it goes past 3 in the morning yeah I cannot enjoy myself anymore and I'll stay out I'm constantly chasing it and going no I'm going to stay out but every minute that passes I'm like this is another minute that's out of tomorrow I find I end up trying to like whoever I'm with and then I'm like, oh, I wonder if so-and-so's out. I'm like, I should try to find them. And that's like, why? I'm yeah, enjoying yeah, yeah. who I'm with. Yeah. But then also, do you not find up here you can at, at, you can end up with people you don't want to be with? Oh, yeah. That's what I had one. Like, I've had nights where, you know, just I'll be with nice people. <laughs> and I, also, I had one night where people came to here to drink. They just came over here and we had a few drinks. And it got to like 12 o'clock and they were like, should we go out? And I was like, ah. Yeah, all right, let's go out. And then we went out. And then at about 1.30, I was getting drunk. And they all went, oh, we're going home. And I was like, well, but now I'm out. And I'm out. And my head's now like, let's stay out. So yeah. I ended up just having to stay out with loads of weirdos that I just found. Yeah, it's weird when you like look around. You're like, you guys are a one-drink crowd. <laughs> yeah. Why am I having three drinks oh, with you? God. You're a one-drink, talk quick. I'm yeah. like, all right, it's nice talking to you and leave. And then like, <laughs> you get locked in. We had... Um, do you want me to shut this window? No, I don't right? know. Um, I had uh, two friends who worked for a comedy club in Birmingham in town. Yeah. And they came to my show and then we went out drinking afterwards. And we, we were drinking in one place. And yeah. I said to them, I'll take you to this abattoir bar, which is like one of the performer bars. Anyone that obviously wouldn't get that reference. But I, I said to them, look, I'll show you what it's like. This is one of the performer bars. But I said, I guarantee within five minutes of walking in, We'll just get joined by some random nutter. He'll just walk up and just outstay his welcome. And we walked in, went up onto the smoking balcony, 
within about 10 seconds, this guy came over and went, can I get a light off any of you? And my mate Stephen gave him a light and then the guy just stayed for just ages <laughs> and was just an idiot. And you're like, you know, you can just take that light and leave. You don't yeah. need to like yeah, that's... show us seriously using the light. Oh man, it was so, like the timing was impeccable. It was just, I, I, <laughs> right I, I said it would happen and they just, they just did it. Do we do this thing at the comedy store? We call them dragon flying. Yeah, you know what a dragonfly is. I know what the animal the dragonfly yeah. is. Well, so when you're in a lake swimming, they'll yeah. like come around you. Oh yeah, yeah. And so if you dive, they'll go with you. So what you have to do is swim up to someone else, and then like hey, and then dive right oh, by yeah. them and swim away and leave those chud people. Palm them off. Yeah, yeah, like we do that bee, with humans. Pollen on stuff, <laughs> flying around. And the dragonfly's like, I guess we're here now. <laughs> so you got to be like, if you get one of those, you got to be like, oh. Ari, come here. Come here for a second. Yeah, hey, yeah. remember that? Oh, actually, excuse me. I go to the bathroom. That's and then, good. And, yeah. We came up with an idea the other night for creating another performer's bar but and get everyone who's cool to act like it's the coolest bar. Yeah. And then those people give them passes and then just let them all go there and we, and we stay in the normal bars. You know what I'm missing here is fucking not just – I don't know why no one just goes out. Why so, it's always the fucking abattoir, oh, yeah, bar yeah. assembly. It's like there's cool bars in Edinburgh. Definitely. I've been going to one a few. This is about, this year I have been doing that. I've been sort of, you know, going for a few drinks in nice bars. There's a really nice craft beer. Which I, I know craft beer is a bit wanky, but yeah. it's one called the Salt Horse. Yeah, the Salt, salt Horse. I've been yeah. there. We went so, there last year with with, uh, with DeRosa. I mean, two years ago. Yeah, right, yeah, right yeah. When it opened. But I went there again this year. It was good. It's good. And it's, cool it's never... Well, I've, I've, I've been there about four times this festival and I've only seen another comedian in there, in there once. Really? Yeah, but yeah, the tables the are small. You can actually like join, yeah. have a group, and fucking enjoy it. That sounds miserable, isn't it? When you're at the biggest arts festival in the world to try and avoid. I know, but it's overwhelming. Other. It's yeah. too many people, <laughs> and they, even if you're like there's someone you like, you're like, oh, I'm in the middle of a deep conversation yeah, with this guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. The lack of people's like tact. Oh, you could be in the middle of a really serious conversation. I, I definitely had one of those the other day. I was having a really sort of uh, yeah one-on-one conversation with somebody. And somebody just totally came over and said, hey, how you doing? And, and I, I actually, it was the only time I've done it at this festival where I went, yeah, I'm good, thanks. But, um, and I sort of just let, gave them a oh. little signal that this is not the time for you to join in. Did you get it? And the, yeah, they, they looked a bit put out and a bit sort of upset. But like, they have, they have to realise they have done the, they've been in the wrong. Yeah. Dude, whenever I go up, but I mean, I get, you're like, oh, I see two friends over there. I'll just, I can join them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get going over there. But then when you see like, oh, is this... Oh, hey, uh, I'm going to go to the bar. Yeah, if and it's then, two friends, but if it's one person you know and then someone you don't, and they look like they're having an they look like, yeah, There's a look of a serious <laughs> conversation. A, there's a level of intelligence that most comics have. I think they should be able to spot that. <laughs> yeah, they should. If we're observant, we're supposed to be the observant ones, <laughs> yeah. and then we can't even tell, like, I'm not wanted here. When two people are talking, one of them's crying, and yeah. they're like, no, I think I can join that. That's what those flyers are. I see them like, man, you wait till I'm in the middle of a word, huh? You don't wait for an end of a sentence. Even beggars wait for a moment. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's just right up there. Yeah. I just, I think we should see other people. Excuse me, you want to see a show? I'm like, oh, what? Free comedy tonight, guys. <laughs> yeah, you can't hang out at that, at that, that um, courtyard no. and have a talk. No. It's hard. I mean, I get it, but it was also, it's like, if I was running a fucking flyer team, I'm like, guys, you got to be humans. Yeah. Well, there is. I think you can tell there's a, there's a difference between a good flyer and a bad flyer. Yeah. The bad flyers are just standing there like, they'll, yeah, they'll just... Put it, put it in people's faces and stuff. The good ones are the ones that sort of almost you can. I, I've seen ones that are just almost like guerrilla flyers. They walk up to somebody who's looking at a board of shows, 
and be like, oh, what are you thinking of saying? And I'd say, like, oh, I'm thinking of saying this show. And they were like, oh, no, have you seen it? And they'd literally just like guide the person's hand. And next thing you know, they're Like just, a Ouija board? Yeah. And this person thinks they're just talking to another human being. <laughs> and really a human, like, but it's not a human at all. <laughs> it's a it's marketing a <laughs> expert. But then ones that are, yeah, you see some of them are just, it's like NLP, isn't it? Just have you ever tried it? Flyering. Yeah. I did it the first year I came up here. Me and two friends did a show just like in a little bar somewhere. Yeah. And we, I mean, them two definitely carried the the weight because I was so bad at it. I did it for uh, Jacques Barrett. Yeah. Um, he was going to start and it was, I think it was on two for one day and he had a free show. So yeah, we'll yeah. not really go. And uh, we were going. Yeah. So I was like, hey, give me some fucking flyers. Yeah, <laughs> I want to yeah. get an audience in there. So and I'm not you, the only one. Were you were you good I was it? terrible. No, I oh, didn't no, get I was... anybody. <laughs> it ended up people came in, but not yeah. because of me. What I said, I think... Yeah, I don't know. I, know. I try to be real with it. I was like, guys, a real good degenerate comedian, yeah. fucking dirty but normal. <laughs> Who wants to see fucking normal comedy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? Because I don't think... Some comics are very good at selling things, mm-hmm. even themselves. You know, so there's a certain type of com- comedian who businessman comics, a, yeah, and they know what they're doing. It's on social media; it's business, all business. Everything's thought about, you know, the yeah. numbers. But I think most comics I know are pretty bad at that side of the business. It's like the worst part. Of, like it is horrendous. Yeah. Yeah, you see one that's good, like Michelle Wolf or, or Whitney Cummings or something like that. And you're like, wow, you're so good at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would just go up to someone who can help you and talk to them? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what, what? Yeah, that networking thing. I did yeah. Montreal once, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't talk to anyone for four days. I basically hid in my hotel room. Oh, when so did you least... know they can help you? It's so un- unsettling. Yeah. Also, all the shows in, were full of industry people. Yeah. I don't like performing to industry people. I like performing to, again, normal human beings. Yeah. That's what Finn said of his first first song, first night, and he yeah. was like, "Eh, wasn't that good?" I was like, "No." He goes, "Well, it's five fucking comics. They're just observing me. Yeah. They're fucking paying attention and laughing." Yeah, that's what I always. It's often when you see like comics who, there's a, yeah, again, there's comics who love playing to that, and there's comics who love playing to the back of the room, and yeah, I find that weird mm-hmm. because it's almost like you feel like it's false that you're doing comedy when you know someone's there who knows you're doing comedy. Yeah, you know who like that you wrote this ahead of time you're presenting it yeah, so you're like yeah, oh, yeah. let me just fuck pretend I'm fucking around yeah, yeah yeah like you can't go full bore into like yeah I'm a stand up comedian I prepared something yeah it's weird there's, um, there's a I won't name him or anything but there's a guy not a, he does all different types. he does comedy he does all sorts of stuff but he um, he he does a lot of hosting like comparing he's not yeah. a great comic but he's an alright host you know what I mean he's quite quick with the crowd and uh-huh. that. but he always does his thing with it before bringing acts on which I hate and it's such a little passive-aggressive dig at the comedians. He'll say, like, guys, you know, I'm just a host. I'm up here just messing around, chatting to you guys. Um, so, you know, I'll be coming back on throughout the night and we'll chat. The comic's now going to come on and do their pre-prepared stuff. And he sort of says it in a sense of going, like... He says it... And he claims he's doing it to sort of make them like tune into the fact that you're going to just talk and they, they, it's not interactive. But when you hear him say it, you can tell he's saying to the crowd... It's me and you. Yeah. These lot are just going to come on and they've written some boring Those shit. riff comics really do eventually take pride in the fact that like, these guys, these are the guys that have crutches yeah, with the material. Yeah. Try being funny but on the spot. But then every comic who make, like, does that sort of just riff in, yeah. they always end up saying the same things. <laughs> it's all just uh-huh. same tropes yeah, every they really time. Do. They really That's a great do. riff that I've heard 50 times. 95% of them. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I was at the store, I'm sure I've said this on here before, the comedy store in LA, and uh, 
<laughs> I was on stage and somebody said something from the front. I was like, oh, where are you from? And then somebody way in the back goes, they're from Minnesota. <laughs> Which like, oh, man, I am not the first comic yeah. to ask you guys. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Like they think you've sat at the back and watched every word yeah, of it. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you like, just stop with Oh, it. yeah, we don't. And just kept going. Oh, well, what do you do for a living? Yeah. <laughs> just watching that person in the back get more and more angry. I'm literally not going to come into the room until I hear the applause of the other guy <laughs> wrapping up. And then I'll be like, it's time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Generally. Um, are you having a good time here? Yeah, I am actually. I think because I'm doing it slightly more chilled this year and not, yeah. I've not been, you know, yeah, my sort of three or four nights I've been out even remotely late. Sort of, I've sort of yeah, regretted. Oh, yeah. I've just done it so many times that and I feel like, bored of going. I've, I've yeah. feel bored of going out to all the same places and drinking. It's going to be the same thing, doing the same stuff. Yeah, I yeah. think I finally got over that wall of like not wanting to just be out every night. It's that missing out thing too. Yeah, I think I've hit the age where I don't have that anymore. You know what it is too. And you're like, I know, I know what I'm missing out. There's so many times I went to a loft bar last time. Yeah, and you somebody's leaving. Like, how is it? Like, it's fucking white today. Yeah, and you're like, oh no. <laughs> like, yeah, coke is flowing. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, I don't want to catch up with these people. Yeah, it's that. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I've been, I've done all that in the past. Yeah. And this year, I'm trying not to do. Also, know. we're here for like to do fun shows, and like, it's not I don't know. Fun, is and it's it? a beautiful city, so it's like. That's yeah. sort of daytime and then do your show. Well, that's what like, I mean. It's not, it's not that fun when you've got to bed at 6 a.m. Yeah. And you've done loads of fucking coke. And, yeah. You know, and then it's, you've it's got fun out of bed once two hours a while. Show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's like know. those nights where you get a good crew. Yeah. And you're like, this is fucking perfect and you just don't want to stop. Yeah, yeah. But it should be, uh, it should be a surprise. Uh-huh. That's, what, that's what I've learned now. Rather than go out looking for it, just yeah. let it, it, then one or two nights it will happen are the most fun ones. Yeah. Usually when someone's like, Hey, put this acid in your tongue. You're like, oh, fuck, it's 9.30. Okay, yeah, okay. And then, like, <laughs> I guess I wasn't planning on this, but yeah, let's do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, that, the amount of times up here, and I'm lucky, the last few years I've really grown out of it, where you see somebody taking a drug yeah. at 3 a.m. that you're like, that is the end <laughs> that's of your, that's idea. the end of your festival. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You're not waking up till, wow, okay, you're not going to bed till noon. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. I'm not going to see you anymore. You're right. You want to be like, hey, man, this is not the right way to do this. It's a six somebody, hours ago thing. Someone dabbing, it, dabbing MDMA at 4 a.m. You're like, oh, mate, it's their first go on it. <laughs> it's the end of the world. I love when people do that. And you're like, no, it's way too late for that. And like, yeah. come on, I'm like, no not come on this is the wrong time it's horrendous yeah i get the idea of like doing a line if you want to like oh i gotta stay up and i'm falling asleep yeah so like give me one toot and i'll be up till three (laughs) this can last me but not mdma (laughs) that's fucking hours and hours yeah yeah. that's definitely that must be an age thing when you see uh, something like Coke as just, ah, oh, that'll give me an hour more. Of, <laughs> Not an the hour feeling more or anything. Being conscious. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> no shot of fun. Coke, 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 a, a shot of fucking caffeine. Yeah. Yeah, no fun, no anything. Just yeah, like, mm. you know, oh, God, I've got an hour to file my tax return. I think yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah, when I'm watching UFCs here, it's like, it's, they start at four, yeah. three or something, but I'm like, I'm not going to be able to last. Yeah. So it's, kinda, All right. so it's just to watch sports. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk. About, I wanted to talk to you about your divorce. Oh, yeah, what? Yeah. I don't know. I could always do a theme on this. Oh, okay. did DMT last time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Divorce, which, is, which, which I'm now remarried. I'm remarried. Are you really? Mm. Oh, my God. I got married in March. Oh. Love a wedding, mate. To who? The one that was living here with you before? Um, Two years ago? Yeah, we've been together for like three years. Okay. So, um, yeah, we got married in March in Australia. Really? Yeah. What, before the festival? 
Yeah, is she from, Australian? She's Australian, yeah. We got married about two weeks for a Melbourne Comedy Festival. Who now. is it? She's just, her name's Hannah. She's not a comic. She's not a comic, no. You married God, Hannah no. Gatsby? You no, turned you Hannah me. Gatsby straight? And Hannah oh, Gatsby wow. are now married. Wow, you helped her find <laughs> happiness. I was the inspiration for that show. Um, I, I am Nanette. Carl and Nanette Donnelly. <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm actually friends with Hannah Gatsby. But um, yeah, I don't think I would have any mention in the show. I'm, I'm a nice guy. One of the good ones. But um, no, I got married I got married again. But I'm the way I've had a divorce under my belt already. Yeah. I just I just try to think of excuses why how to have people on for topic wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like we talk, talk divorce, marriage. <laughs> yeah, I'm, real, I'm a real expert at both of those. Does your old wife know about your new wife? I don't. Know, I presume so. We don't. We don't. We're not in contact anymore. At all. No. But I think that's yeah. I think that's often you know some. I think some people, if you've got kids or something, you should obviously you have to have contact. But yeah. I often think if you've been together for a long time and then it sort of ends up bad and you just sort of have to split up. I think it's better to just end it and just not try and pretend like you want to stay. It's not like you'd be there. Sure, it's amazing if you could somehow stay friends, but don't force it. You don't need to. I don't get how. No, I think it's hard. How can you be? I find it. You broke up. There's only a few. I've only got a few friends uh, who I've had sex with. Mm-hmm. In the world, <laughs> you know, that I mean, you're still friends. That are still really good friends, yeah. and there's no awkwardness. You know, just there's only a couple of them actually I can think of that. We're there, I've had things with in the past, and now we're like we can actually just go for a coffee, and it's, but there's like, not even a hint of that. How many years passed in between the fucking and the? And oh, the good, like five, six years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, we had to be like, oh, that was uh, that was another life that we yeah, did. Yeah, totally. Not like oh, we fucked, and two weeks later we're like, now we're just friends. Yeah, because <laughs> no. I'd be like, I, somewhere in your head, you'd be like, we should fuck again. Well, yeah, it's too soon. Yeah, yeah. No, it's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be some time. Good few years, but then. Yeah, I th- but I think when you've been in a long-term relationship with somebody, I think, Matt, just, yeah, just move on. Both go your separate ways. Maybe one day you'll meet up for a coffee 20 years down the line yeah, or something. Yeah, what you've been up to. Interesting. Yeah. And often what you notice, I think, when you meet up with somebody you've had something with that's not gone, that's ended up not working out, yeah. when you meet up with them further down the line, you sort of realise, oh, this is what we didn't, it didn't work because we were definitely different people weren't we because you head in totally different directions that's exactly what happened oh yeah what happened with her well that's what we yeah we just we met we were quite young when we got together and then we both just grew in very different directions and i think we because we were good friends you know as well Before. well no just throughout oh, I, yeah. we, you know we, i think it was just we both we probably held on to it for way too long because we were more worried about not being friends and not being in each other's life that actually we probably should have called a day on it much sooner yeah, it's weird. I always see that people are like, the end date was way before yeah. the fucking breakup date. Yeah, it's weird because we didn't have any, like, we didn't have kids or anything to sort of do that. I've got friends who are in such loveless marriages because they've got kids. Oh, I, know, I, 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 not, the I pity them and I feel weird for them. Yeah. I, I feel like when it's a good comic bombing. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, oh. Just get off, mate. Yeah, get off. Just walk. Yeah. We'll forget about I'm it. Here, they're getting the checks. Yeah. It's a totally. I've just. I've got. I've got one friend who's currently going through a divorce. Yeah. And that should have happened seven years ago. But they had kids. 
and yeah. they've waited for them to get. I don't know to why get you, what it's like. It's divorce is not that weird anymore. Yeah, they're waiting for them to get to an age when they can. It can really mess them up. <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> they can. Re- they can fully understand yeah. what's happening. Instead of like three years old, like I don't know, my dad lives in another place. With my mom. That's that's just how I've always known yeah, it. Just do it. Just when they've got less malleable of mind. <laughs> and they're yeah, and they're really good. I'm like this is going to damage me <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, I've now got to talk about this at school every day. <laughs> I've had friends help me through it now. Um, yeah, so I feel so bad for that and then it's like have you ever seen a couple get pregnant to save a marriage oh it's the worst because then you're like you're fucking over the kid and yourselves but i think that i mean i think in my situation i think we got married we've been together for quite a few years i think we got married as a little sort of thinking that might help so iron out some of our yeah i think you know we were just going for a bit of a fallow period and yeah you know but we just yeah we still got on really well and everything and we just thought this will be nice it'll be a nice thing and it was it was great i mean I love weddings, man. Going yeah. to and being part of them. <laughs> you know? So I just, I think they're so, yeah, I, they, it was great. It was a period, it really does perk you up for a period of time, but then it can't paper over the everything. real stuff. So yeah, it was, that was, it just, yeah, and it's shit, divorce. I don't know what's, what are the divorce laws like in America? They really. Oh, shit. I wanted to ask you about that because it's pretty much the woman gets half your current income forever. But what about well, what? Are, so what are the rules? Is there? Do you have no fault divorce in America? What is that? So I, basically, in Australia and New Zealand, a couple can just say, "Well, we've been married for ten years. But we just want to w- walk away from it. Like, we need to just, anything. We need to just cancel the wedding. You know, go through a divorce. No one has to be at fault and take blame for the breakup. It's so weird that you have to do that anyway. It's mental. But in because the UK, what if like, yeah, I cheated because I fell out of love. Uh, you didn't do anything, but I'm a human and I can fucking yeah. But I mean, the moment any infidelity comes in, that is the that's the thing. that's the fault. But, but in the UK, regardless, infidelity, nothing. You could both you could both get on great as friends, but realize you're not in love and, and go just, right. We need to split up, but one of you has to take the blame. What's so weird? <laughs> it's horrendous. What? What? Yeah. Why? And then that person who takes the blame has to pay more. Uh, well, the moment one person takes the blame, then they are they are in the position where the other side can ask for more, and the kids too, probably. Probably, but then yeah, they, it's it just it's a totally messed up. They, apparently, they're trying to change the law to make it easier now. But I don't know what's it like in America. Feminists what? are split in America between either going no, we're fucking equals now. Yeah. Between twenty two and thirty five, women make post college women make more money than men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are in the same positions. Um, we don't need your fucking money. And the other side is like, no, fuck, man. For generations, they've held us back. They made us work in the kitchens yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. But what's, how's, what's, how's that affected divorce law? If you get divorced, you have to pay the woman. Unless circumstances like Kevin Federline and Britney Spears, where she made all the money. Yeah. So she has to pay him forever. Well, that's what I mean. So is it more normally about uh, economics? Yeah, who's than... got money. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then it's like beyond that, because if they're both lawyers making good money, yeah. the man still owes the, money, the woman a bunch of money. Is that normally to do with having children, though? Sort of. It's this a, is what I don't understand. It, I, I, don't, I don't think, like, without having children or property or anything, yeah, here, what, just, there's just nothing. Walk. You can't really have any claim for anything. Yeah, it's like, well, who gets a couch? We got to figure that out. <laughs> you know what I mean? We can't split it like yeah. Solomon would have us yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah, so. But if there's kids, obviously, kids are when it gets so messy. It all comes from a time of when women were like, now that you're married, go you know make food leave your career yeah, yeah, yeah and then totally. when you break up they're like yeah, yeah, yeah. well now you got to go to job and you have this giant weight the gap in your fucking earnings yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're not going to do as well yeah and so then it's like we had to take care of that but that's not a thing anymore no but the law is there, but that's the law hasn't caught up with yeah. modern society has it yeah that's often what i find with when i, I watched a documentary about men's rights activists uh-huh. 
and it was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not having a go, but like basically they were all, it was all about custody rights and divorce law and all that stuff, right? And they were all saying like, it's, they were all, everything they were saying, they were blaming feminists for these issues. But the laws were written Way years ago, and they weren't written by women, man. Yeah. <laughs> they were written by old white geezers. Because like, so, we can't let our ex-wives just yeah, die yeah. of starvation. <laughs> you guys got to give them something. Yeah. So I think that what, they, I, I, what I find often with some, well, mo- a lot of men's rights activists, I think their their aim is in the wrong direction. They claim to be arguing for this, but then why aren't they fighting the people in power that? can change the law yeah. rather than just have a go at some fucking 19 year old silly girl who's got a bit overexcited on Twitter and has said something dumb yeah it feels like, like let's actually, banish her and you're like for what she didn't even do anything yeah, she, she just, just said just something or, yeah doesn't yeah. really know I think yeah I think often that's sort of a little peek behind the curtain of what they actually believe yeah it's also like I think the powers of B have divided us all into like Absolutely. race class gender that's the thing and I mean, then it's like fuck this guy fuck this guy no no all you guys team up and yeah, fucking yeah. murder the politicians Absolutely. and rewrite the laws yeah the, the people act like the, the, the divisions are being caused by the individual groups yeah but it ain't, it's cool to, they love it the people in charge love everyone to argue yeah they can keep like alright let's they don't destroy have to do the anything. forest they don't yeah. have to fix the health system if everyone's arguing about fucking you know all, any, all the dumb shit we argue about every day in America like Latinos Latinos are like we're, we're better than blacks we're second worst they're worse we're second worst and it's like you guys you're both in terrible positions love, is that, Patrice O'Neill Patrice O'Neill had a, an amazing routine about that what do you say oh, it's about Sort of, um, it was a, it was about as a uh, for the black community getting annoyed that Latinos are trying to take their place <laughs> as second, like <laughs> second beat up on. Yeah. Was he ever here? Did you ever see him here? He uh, no, he came to the UK a couple of times. He did, I'm like, I never saw him. It was sort of, I think he'd stopped coming over before when when I started out. Yeah, sorry, me. What, was there a hair on the hair, mic? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know, it's probably mine, but I don't know. Um, but I know I've got friends who gigged with him a lot when he was over. Yeah. He used to do the comedy store and stuff in London. I heard he had, the way I heard it was like he was like, it's not happening for me in America. Really? Let me go and try to find a, a place where people can actually pay attention to what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And so he kind of moved to London a little bit and then it started to take off back in America a yeah, little so yeah. he came home. Oh, he was good. He was, he's one of my favorites. He's real. He was one of those early like honest comics. Yeah. You know? Well, it's that thing. He's one of the classic ones where he can say something that you don't agree with but you yeah. laugh because he's good mm-hmm. enough. Yeah, and that's the sort of trick to it. Yeah, that's what I'm missing now. Oh, he would have had so many blogs written about him. Oh my god, <laughs> he would have been just I, from all sides. <laughs> he died at a perfect time mm-hmm. for him as a comedian. Oh my god, it would have never stopped. I heard he yeah. said this in a rift. Yeah, oh. I did. So uh, I did a, a sort of tr- a tribute night last night to a comedian friend who died this year. Crimmins, uh, Sean Hughes, who's oh, an okay. Irish comedian. Basically, like he'd base his career over here. He was the youngest person to ever win the Edinburgh Comedy Award. The when pumpkin. It was, when it was the Perrier. The gold Award. pumpkin. What's the gold pumpkin? That's what I've been marking out <laughs> oh, here <right>. with. <laughs> so it used to be called the Perrier. Yeah. Now it's just the Edinburgh Comedy Award. So he was the youngest person to ever win it. And uh, and then he became a superstar. He was like the first big rock and roll comedian oh, in the really? UK, really. Yeah, he was like touring to massive numbers. He got given, basically got given free reign to make any TV show he wanted. This was like the early 90s. And um, you know he was a bit of a he was a notorious bachelor and you know he was young and on yeah. telly and he just had you know that was his Slinging lifestyle dick, loads of, of money yeah yeah and um, he died uh, in October but we were really good mates and he um, we did like a sort of a remembrance night last night over at the Gilded Balloon 
And I just we wanted to go on to sort of I think we didn't know what to do. Like, do we do stand up? Do we just talk about him? Because the audience, I didn't know what they expected. So I did a few stories about him. They're quite funny. That's the right way to do it. And then at the end, I, I pointed out he actually died the day before the Me Too hashtag started. <laughs> and I said, you know, and that's, I've always said he had the best timing I've ever known. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, the laws in America, there's maybe Canada. This might be Canada actually, but it's similar. Where Dave Foley, the comedian, Kids in the Hall guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he got divorced when he was on news radio. Yeah. And then they're like, all right, you're making, you know, a million dollars a year. So you owe her, you know, after tax, whatever, you owe her $250,000 a year. A year. Yeah. For Yeah. For, let's say, let's say $20,000 a month, whatever. And then news radio stopped. And he goes, well, now I'm making thirty grand. Yeah. And I owe her 200000 Like, I can't. <laughs> so he just couldn't go back to Canada for years. Or could he not just declare bankruptcy? I don't think it counts to bankruptcy or only for like debts. I don't think it counts for like divorce. But if you basically haven't got the money. What yeah, it's doing? like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> just go out and start just robbing people. Yeah. Well, the real answer is the woman's like, I want you to suffer. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that is, the, yeah, that's, that's a punitive thing in a bad divorce because that happened here with a footballer called Ray Parler. It was the first, it's a famous uh, legal case where. He, his wife had sort of, he, they'd been together for so long since they were young. Yeah. He'd then become a professional footballer right at the start of the Premier League years, which was when a lot of money got pumped into football. So he would have been one of the first football players to probably be earning like £20,000 a week or something yeah. like that. And um, she'd just supported him and looked after the kids while he was, his career was taken off. And then they broke up maybe 10 years later. And it was the first time ever in this country that a judge said you have to pay f- earnings going forward. Going forward. So it used to be lump sum. That was it. Oh, right. Like, here's got, what you're worth. You've got 10 million. You, give, you, you, you split 5 million to her so she can set herself up in a house with the kids. And then you're done. And then you're done. And that was the first ever case. It was in the, it must have been like late night. What earnings going forward? Just whatever he makes? Percentage or? I presume so. And I don't know if it, I don't know if it goes down year on year or something. I'm sure there is something yeah. like that where it, it drops. If it's percentage based, I get it. Where it's like I'm yeah. making less, so you get less. Yeah, you get twenty percent of my income, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, if I'm not making anything, fucking, I'll give yeah. you some of, you know, <laughs> I'll give you ten percent of what be, I eat yeah. out of a bin. Oh yeah, they had this case with Randy Couture, this fighter. Um, he was bitching to the UFC. Yeah, about not making enough money because his paycheck was 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 this. Yeah, uh, but he, a few of the guys, got a piece of the pay per view. Yeah. Because they were such draws. That, and so he was like, you're not fucking paying. And then the owner, Dana White, was like, uh, you get pay-per-view numbers. So you get this and this and this as yeah, well. You're, yeah. And then his Randy Couture's ex-wife was like, wait, what? <laughs> Where's all that money been? Yeah, I didn't yeah, know yeah. about any of that. And he, did he, what, where was it going? Was he squirreling it he was somewhere just, else? To him, to the guy who earned it, I guess. God. Yeah. It's a weird situation. The fact that you should pay someone. For time served, I, is it like? Is it? But I suppose there is that thing of if imagine you're both. Yeah, I'll working. put you through medical school. I'll work nights at a waitress job. You yeah, fucking go they be a definitely, doctor. If they support and help you. Like I do. Yeah. I can understand that as a concept. I also think if you know if you both make it, if you make a decision to have children, and some obviously the woman has to give up her career for that mm-hmm. period of time. Um, I understand that that's sort of like she's she, and her career then would have stalled because she's lost three years of yeah. development and progression. Uh-huh. So I do think there is something to be said for the whole 
all right, I'll give you some. I'll give you some yeah. money but to whatever happened cover to like, that period. Yeah, of whatever time. happened to those? Like, hey, you were with me for the good times. I'm going to give you some money. I'm going to buy you a house. Yeah, and then it's like just doing it as a human. Well, that's the thing. I think yeah. I, I imagine that one, obviously there's extreme cases, but I, I often think if both people, if it's an amicable split, yeah. Because all, all of this is normally caused by bad yeah. breakups. Right, That's what yeah, it is, yeah. isn't it? Where both parties are just Fuck going you. at it. And naturally, the lawyers want it to go on as long as possible. The longer it goes on, the more they make. Oh, we have that in America too. But it happens. Like, even, like, uh, even mine was actually a very pain-free... Um, you know, there was no real major arguing about money or anything like that because we didn't really have much to break up. That's nice. But even then, the lawyers... like, There was moments when I could tell the lawyers were dragging it out and just trying to create a bit of turbulence just because they, they yeah. were going to get paid by the, by the letter. I've heard they'll be like, if, if your ex or if your wife goes in and is like, no, no, we're just going to do it, fine. The lawyer will be like, you know, just to protect you, I've seen this too many Absolutely. times. I just think we have to put down in writing. Yeah, what yeah. The, and then the other lawyer responds like, look, they're coming after you. Yeah, You've got to yeah. fire back otherwise. And it's yeah. like, fuck. And it's like, can you just talk to your ex? Well, that's it. And often they, they sort of advise not talking. And like the lawyers yeah. purposely are trying to make more money for not yeah, for their client, but also for themselves. God, they're so skeevy. So that's what I mean. So often I actually think the individuals probably aren't even as guilty of dragging it along as right. people would assume. Yeah, and if you just go like, "Hey, I'm just going to do it with you," to you know, you and me, my ex together, we're going to figure out what to split up. Yeah, even yeah. if you get less than you might have, you're still making way more than siphoning off, yeah. you know, half of it to some fucking dude. Definitely, there should be just another option of like, if you're both just going to break up and you know you're going to do it all yourself and split, it, you should be able to go to, to go to a town hall and just sign a thing, pay a hundred whatever, yeah. and then you're and you're just divorced. Yeah, and then one you just list all your shit. Yeah, <laughs> I hereby announce I get the dog. Yeah, it's like I second that. <laughs> Next, yeah, yeah. Lawyers should the only TV. Come in if it's an argument, surely. Yeah, yeah, you should decide on what your stuff you want, and then everything in the middle that you're like, let's figure this out. Yeah, yeah get an arbitrator to be like, that'd be a good job actually. Someone who doesn't who gears to people who don't want to deal with lawyers to be like, look, I don't know. I'll be pretty fair. Yeah, you tell me what you guys are fighting over. Make your case for. How much it means to you emotionally? Yeah, and I'll decide who gets what. I wonder what the legal. Give me a hundred bucks, and I will take an afternoon, <laughs> and I'll split up all your shit. But yeah, let's look into this yeah. business option. Yeah, it probably is a thing that can happen, but no one's oh, realized yeah. it. How much would you charge for that? Five, I would pay five hundred to a thousand bucks to have somebody Absolutely. just like handle it for us. Just do an itinerary, uh-huh. and then send it to both parties. Everyone, you take what you want. You take what you want. I'm going to check all the things. Everything in the middle. Uh, yeah, everything in the middle then we'll discuss. It will take one afternoon. We'll sit down over coffee. Yeah. Right. One, both of you want the... She doesn't want your hockey stick. That's, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> out. It's fucking... That's not part of this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That'd be much easier. Oh, yeah. If all you've got to be is a nice lawyer. Just be like, I'm who, a very fair guy. Look at my reviews. He just then knows that all he's got to do is file some papers and it's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck comedy. <laughs> but also what we've learned there is... The whole issue of divorce is lawyers. Yeah, we've yeah. just settled it in yeah. ten minutes. We've worked out it's normally not the people involved. Did you um, did you have to like tell your parents and your friends that you were getting divorced? Was that like an embarrassing thing? It is a bit, yeah. It's um, I mean, yeah, because when you, I mean, that, that classic thing of breaking up from any long term relationship, you always end up sort of staying at your parents briefly because mm. you just feel like you need some sort of home normality. 
and that was crap. You like, moved back in with your parents? Well, no, just for I, I stayed at my parents for a couple of weeks. Oh, while I and actually because it was it was where was I? I um, it was quite soon. It was quite near the festival. No, it was about a month. I say it was. A, it was. I stayed at my parents for a month and then came to the fringe. So I was in a right old mess. What year did you get divorced? Um, twenty. Well, I mean, it's uh, we broke up in twenty thirteen, and a divorce okay. took. It takes ages as well. Oh. Just even once it's all filed, it takes bloody six months before you get a letter saying you're actually legally divorced. My first year I saw you was that the during divorce hour, 2015, I guess. Yeah, probably 2014, 2015. Yeah. 20, yeah. It's um. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just going, just going to your parents' house and saying like, this is what's happened. Seems like a defeat too. It's like, horrendous. Ugh, yeah. I'm a grown man, but and I don't like going to. I mean, my parents. I don't really like staying at my parents the best of times. Right. <laughs> just it's just yeah. I don't really. You know, I don't. They, they were odd old people. I don't really. People don't explain it to me. They was like, if you had a family, if you were a grown up with a family, yeah, you wouldn't be staying at your parents' house. You'd be yeah. going at, getting an Airbnb or a hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But since you're a degenerate, yeah, who doesn't have a family, <laughs> way passes uh, when he should. Yeah, you feel like you should be staying with your parents, but like, don't. You're just gonna no. hate them. Yeah, I got out as soon as I could. Though I went, so I was there for like a month, just just clearing my head, really. Mm-hmm. Then I came up here to the festival for a month. And I went back to London, and I just moved out the day after. So oh. I just moved in with a friend. What's that noise? I do not know how to use this phone. <laughs> is Holy it? Shit, I'm a 407. Somebody keeps calling me from Orlando. I have no idea who it is. Eventually, I'll call them back, I guess. But, um, but um, yeah. Did ch- how did like women react to you differently? Could they smell it on you? Um. I don't know, actually. Like, what I I I didn't really advertise the fact that I was going like because my, especially in comedy, most everyone knew I was married. Yeah, and I didn't really only told very close friends that I was going through a breakup. You know, in comedy, uh, so there was I had a couple of experiences where I was spotted with other women, <laughs> and and people were like, huh? yeah, people thought I was I was. Did anybody yeah. tell on you? Uh, no, to well, the girl, <laughs> thinking that the, uh, I got um, I, no, no, but I did get one good friend of mine in comedy, but I hadn't told her. Yeah, what was happening? She got really angry with me because she. What are you doing? Well, yeah, she thought I'd basically You're not just this guy. slinging it around, yeah. And then I had to sort of then I explained to her what was going on. Oh, so I had a few like yeah, a, that was the weird one that that weird period where I just I didn't know what to do. I didn't know I don't can't just. Yeah, you don't I don't want to walk up to somebody and say, hey, how are you doing? I'm going for a divorce. It's so weird. Yeah, it's not an easy thing to just tell. And also, I was messed up for months. Over it. Like, mentally. Just, you know, just, even, if it's, even if you know it's going to happen and it's meant to happen and you're happy that actually it's sort of come to an end because it's been a hard period, you still go through a period where you're, you've been with somebody for so long so just to suddenly not be with yeah. them. You go through this weird six maybe months, even could be a year of like weird transition back to sort of what you know some new version of yourself or i went into a depression and i don't know what caused it really but i think one of the things that caused it was i was living with a woman i guess my wife but um were you married yeah quick marriage like two weeks like fuck it let's get married kind of thing after two weeks yeah oh i didn't know this yeah yeah it lasted (laughs) four years oh my god yeah when did you get divorced where when oh um oh like 10 years ago 
Wow, how old were you when you got married? I think like 29, maybe. Right, okay. But one of the things we had to deal was like, I'll, she moved into my place. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll just keep paying the rent. And then you like <laughs> stock the fridge and freezer with good stuff. And then like. After two weeks, you moved in. That is. Yeah, she moved in after a month. We got married after two weeks. We did it in the belly room of the comedy store. Oh, my word. Uh, it was so fun and nice. And do you speak anymore? No. She also changed direction. She got real Christian. Oh, really? Yeah. And then just wow. like, we'd speak every like year on her birthday. And then it was like, that just faded away too. Yeah. So four years, like that lasted. Yeah. I, oh, it lasted way longer than it should have How been. soon into the marriage did you actually probably think this might not be forever? Probably two and a half years. Yeah. And then she moved out. Right. Yeah. And we we're like, all right, let's sort of keep it going. And then we're like, what are we even doing? <laughs> yeah. We did like another year after that. And then it was like, well, let's, just, let's just call it. Let's yeah, just yeah, send yeah. it on paper. And was it amicable? Yeah. She always said, too, it's like, oh, as soon as we break up, you're never going to see me again. Right. And then she was pretty true to her word. It was never like, fuck you. I want to like it. It was like, bye. Yeah. Yeah. But amicable it was just like, we just started fighting a little. And it was like, what do we, we just don't love each other anymore. It's no big deal. Yeah. Stop. That's the problem. I think there is. That is such a horrible thing to say, but yeah. I do think there needs to be a more mature uh, response when some people don't love it. Like that is the end of a relationship, you well, know. When some yeah. people go like, "Well, you know, I've got friends who definitely are in relationships they don't love their partner anymore," but they're like, you know, but it's, you know, we we still get on, and as we've got kids or whatever, and it's like, no, that is that should be the moment that you're done. That's the rest of your life. Yeah, we you're still get on. It's like, All right, so talk to them, I guess sometimes, but yeah. Oh yeah, you're killing your life. It's horrendous. Yeah, it's horrible, it, and it eats you up inside. Ugh. But so, but even despite that, even then, when you break up, there is still a part of you that's missing something, isn't there? Yeah. So, with especially with the cleaning, because it wasn't like a woman's place to clean, but I just wouldn't do it. So she was like, <laughs> you know, what I mean, so she was like, "Can I?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure, if you want to." So that was just her job. So and you then just I lost your living cleaner. Yeah, and then I le- cleaned even less when she left. It was just like piles of oh, like God. stuff, and I was just like. It was just the change in my like lifestyle was just like yeah 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 it makes you feel bad yeah yeah I definitely went a bit crazy for a year or two like drink drugs and stuff really yeah like, I always used to be a bit like that but like then I just calm down you just calm down when you live with somebody and it's nice and also it calms down when things are a bit nicer you don't really have to like you don't have to stay out late all the time that's what the thing I always said being being single is so tiring. Because you're, you're out late every night. Yeah. Because you're always, even if you're out on a date or you're out just, you know, sniffing around, you always, you're, even if you, you're in a, a lady mate and you're sort of chatting and you have a few drinks and then suddenly that little frisson starts where you think this might be on. Yeah. You, it always takes till four in the morning to happen anyway. It's never <laughs> so like, hey, I like you. Let's go back and yeah, It's never 10 p.m. You're like, should we just go back? To, no, one's, no one's ever said, do you want to go back to mine at 10 p.m.? <laughs> yeah, you so, just keep going until it's obvious. Yeah. So you're making out of the And then you're bar. drunk, and then it's actually never as satisfying as it could yeah. have been. If, so I think, yeah, I remember, you know, that, that, them periods of time like that are just a bit tiring. And, yeah, and it really is. You're like, all the time, you're like, maybe there'll be girls tonight yeah, here. And then, it's all that's on the back of your mind. It's so weird, too. I mean, I've got it now where it's like, you probably well you're not that you're with somebody but like once i fucked enough at that point i'm like no no i'm with the guys tonight i'm having a yeah, good time and they're like yeah, oh there's yeah. that girl over there I'm like i'm sure they are but i'm with yeah. my friends i never see like fuck I, i've gotten laid fucking yeah. calm down i still have friends mark norman who's like he has to go try to fuck the girl yeah 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 and it's like but then he misses out on the hang well, he actively it. misses it he's uh, like yeah. fuck i wish i could be like that and it's there's, like then just do there's a lot of single guys single comics who i think are like that 
But I've got I've got friends who fight. Like I've got one friend who finally has just hit that moment of realization that I think he's 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 done it enough. Yeah. And now he, he's actually he's much more chilled and. You, to go out you have a drink with him now is so much easier because he's not constantly looking over your shoulder at every woman at walks yeah. past thinking right maybe oh excuse me yeah whereas in the past it would be a nightmare like you couldn't have a if you went any any bar where there was any members of the opposite sex he would sit there and every 10 seconds his eyes were gone and it was like this is pointless mate what are we doing yeah it's weird how this homie too movement never really speaks about the fact that men are just fucking animals and we really just want to breed. Well, that's you know, <laughs> but I don't know, I'm sure that must be that. It does probably get mentioned at some point, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, but in a negative way. But it's like but it's, it's not going away. A 19 year old boy is just oh so God. full of fucking hormones. Yeah. And that's the thing. I, the, the guys I know who sort of are single into their. 30s, and it takes until like mid to late 30s before to work it out. Just to realize that right, I've. You know, I don't need to. Yeah, you're right. That like that 30s. constant need to just have it off with anything just is just gross and tiring and a waste of time. Yeah, being with somebody helps with that. So you broke up, and then what? Like, let me go right back into that world. Well, no, I just I had bits of you know. I just went a bit wild. Then I ended up. I did that silly thing, and not not just that, not a reflection on it. But I got into another quite intense, very quick relationship. Way too quick. Like proper fell right in with somebody. And then that was a bit sort of, you know, it was great for a period of time, but then it was too soon. I shouldn't have been doing that. Yeah. And then ultimately that was then, you know, that was always doomed. I think. Always doomed. Yeah. That first relationship after a long term is always going to. Because you're comparing everything to the other person. You're also going through that depression of, you know, <laughs> I'm going through a divorce, but I'm now with somebody else. Yeah. And they, now how matter how great they are, it's always going to be this this shouldn't have happened. You ever see like some leader that helps their country gain independence? Yeah. And they're a war leader. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. They're a revolutionary yeah. leader. <laughs> and then afterwards they're yeah. like, um, all right, now we're an independent country. And they're like, they're usually elect that leader to like, yeah, they're like yeah. I don't know about education and how to pave roads <laughs> and what, you know, it's a good analogy. Yeah. And it's like, I have no idea. I heard Churchill was actually a good example of that. As soon as he won the war, it's like, great. Thanks. You're yeah, out. Cheers, mate. Yeah. Take it easy. This is not your expertise anymore. We're safe. Yeah. Um, but, like, those breakup, the, the rebound ones, like, oh, you're a depression break, like, relationship. Well, they're, yeah, they're, you're they're only amazing with me to in, make you feel yeah. like you're a normal human again and you're not just a sad person yeah. in, a rela- in a relationship that's not working. They make you feel alive again. Mm-hmm. But then once you're recovered, you're like, oh, I don't, all your, I don't need any of your strengths. Yeah, which I'm is sad. Now. Yeah, it is sad. <laughs> it was doomed always. For that, yeah, for that other person, they're like, you know. Oh, yeah. That's like, sort of... Did you ever love me? It's like, ah, oh, fuck. Well, definitely. Yeah. 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 But, but in a certain sort of, a certain type of love, I suppose. Maybe it, maybe we can go out again. Another year. No, it's never going to happen. But um, <laughs> I get why you'd want that. It, sh- it would be cool if human nature yeah, worked that yeah. way. But no. No, but, I, you know, that if, it's that thing. I'm, I'm not a, you know, I, know pe- I'm, I'm, I believe you can love a bunch of people in your life. Mm-hmm. I've got a firm belief that it's not, you know, this whole thing of the one is not a, it's a bit of a myth. I heard somebody tell me once that you get three great loves in your life. Yeah. But three. You reckon? That's probably... I reckon I'm probably... How many? I reckon I'm on... I might be on three. Yeah. This might, I reckon I'm on number three. Good, so good this, if this one doesn't work, I'm fucked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are you on? 
I've had three and I've got a girlfriend now, so I, I'm hoping it's <laughs> <laughs> four. <laughs> yeah. I'm back to trend. How long have you been with your girlfriend? Uh, about a year plus. We met here, actually, two years ago. Oh, cool. Yeah, she was in grad school. At the and where's she from? She's from Oakland. Okay. She was just here. We had a fling and then and we stopped. Yeah. And a year later, she moved to New York and was like, let's start up again. Yeah, yeah. But like, it was 10 years after the third one until I really like started dating somebody again. Wow. That's, yeah, that's big. Yeah. I might have had four, though. You think so? Well, I reckon Great love. Not somebody who's like, no, we went out. It was good. I was in love. But I mean, like, when you like think about, like, my wife, that what is not one of the three. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So what, what, what would you describe it as, then? What was, what's your, what, how would you define I was in love great with her. love? Oh, how, no, yeah. What's some, the, like, my first girlfriend, Kate Hicks, yeah. was just like, helped define me. Yeah. You know? That was love where you don't even you don't even know what love is, so you're just like yeah yeah I get that wow and that lasted for a year and a half and another year and a half after I moved to L A yeah um, it's just like I don't know you're just like completely all in with them and like I, I don't know I don't know how to describe no, it. yeah that's right right now yeah I think I'm definitely on three then okay but yeah there was one sort of outlier that I thought might be yeah but there was it never got far enough to fully say right this is it. Yeah, and then you're always going to compare every other woman in some way to a part of that one of those three. Yes, right. I see. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. I've had other loves for sure. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But not like, you know, all star team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know a nice way to say it. Yeah. Did you? Um, so you started fucking. Right afterwards, do you use condoms or do you not? What do the people What do people do in the UK? I've, I mean, I think we're quite a safe country. Yeah, that's good. I definitely, yeah, I think I'm, I'm not sh- sort of, um, yeah. I've always, I've always, I've had a, f- I've had a, yeah, a few in the in the past where I've just drunkenly, yeah, you know, the next morning gone like, oh shit. <laughs> there but, was that like seven day window of fear, <laughs> like, uh, and then every itch you get, like, fuck. How do you do you, on with um, STI checks in America? Do you get um, when do you get the results if you go for tests? They're getting faster and faster. Do they text you them now? Because that's what we have here. Text. Yeah. You're good to go. Basically, you get a text from the STI clinic saying, all clear. Wow. That uh, is great because you're on a date going like, come on, yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah. But my mate, Chris, um, who, Chris Martin, who I do the podcast uh-huh. with, who's now in LA, he, um, for a hit, there was a time, it was a period of time when he had like, he, he was waiting for AIDS test results. Yeah. And the t- he was waiting, he said like, you'll get the test results in four or five days and normally it just says all clear and he just got this um he got a text from the clinic saying you need to call us on this number oh fuck and he he was just sitting there like i've got aids <laughs> so yeah he, he thought he had aids for about five minutes while he called up and was on hold and when he got through they went oh yes yeah, all clear <laughs> he just said like oh include I've that had AIDS for five minutes <laughs> that first aids test is the scariest oh one, my god like, maybe i have it yeah I went to Planned Parenthood to get tested once, and they were like, all right, so now, do you want to get tested for everything? I was like, yeah, as long as I'm here. If I yeah, yeah, take yeah. the vial. Like, I don't want to come back. Yeah. Sure. Um, and like, all right, if HIV, just so you know, the test we give is like a kind of preliminary test. So if it does come up positive, you have to come in, and we'll take like a more like full test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I was, and I'm not worried about AIDS. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just not an issue for me. Herpes yeah. is the big one. Right. But like, um, that would be annoying to have, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. And AIDS, no one I know gets AIDS. At least AIDS, you just you've got it. Herpes is just just 
rears its head now and again. <laughs> Don't forget me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I was like, so but so she goes, then you have to come back in and get more testing. I was yeah, like, yeah. Can I ask you a question? She was like, yeah. I'm like, does that new testing ever result in a negative? She goes, oh, no, it's always positive. <laughs> what? Yeah, she's like, there's no, we just need to actually give you counseling too. Oh, shit. We can't just like text you, have AIDS, and send you off into the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucked, isn't it? Do they still do the one? They used to do a thing called the, oh, was it called the umbrella or something? When they used to test you, oh, that sounds they used to put a th- thing down your, your reef. Oh, no, what is that? Like the 20s? No, we, we had it in the UK until about five, six years ago. What? Yeah. Oh, no wonder Brexit happened. It's gross. Oh, no, they now don't they do don't, that. Now they don't do it. They, they, they've, they've moved on. They can do it all with swabs and blood oh. tests. But we had it. If you went for an STI check up until about... To get checked? Not to get cleaned? To get uh-huh. checked? Checked. What? That was the swab test. They had to put it down and oh. pull it out. And it, you know, it wasn't that... It wasn't actually painful. It, it, was, it was weird. It was uncomfortable. But the whole just watching it and the sensation made so many people faint. Because really? you just think this is going to be horrendous. They're going to put a, t- a toothpick, essentially, down my penis. And it's, uh, it was the worst thing. Dude, I, I had a knee surgery, and they were taking off the, the, the bandages Ooh. for the first time. And I saw all this blood, and I was like getting real lightheaded. And the doctor was like, she was like, you okay? You want to sit down? I was like, yeah, I guess. She's like, yeah, sit down, sit down. And I was like, sorry, I just haven't had much to eat. She goes, yeah, I'm sure that's it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, so you, you hadn't had much to eat, but you were fine up until you saw these bloody gauzes. <laughs> and I was like, what are you saying? She goes, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, fuck, no. I'm weak around blood. She goes, uh, yeah. Uh, it happened, um, there's a comedian called Steve Hall. I know, Steve Hall. Uh, he, and he got the umbrella thing down the Jap's eyes the in the old days, you would have called it, which I think is culturally insensitive, isn't it? Yeah, um, well, it is culturally insensitive. That's what sort of, we used to call it when we were kids, which now we've grown out of that. But um, even though I just used it there. But he said that, is it, I always get confused. Is it urethra or ureth? The, the, that tube. Urethra. Urethra, right. But then, oh, yeah. Or so what? I was going to say urethra. Oh, yeah. I didn't no, know if it's got rough. a second R in it. Yeah. Um, so. Steve Hall was getting it, and he, f- I, th- I think for some reason I think they did it standing up with him. And he <laughs> Why fainted, would anyone ever do that? He fainted yeah. uh, while standing. He hit his head on a sink on the way down. Oh shit! I'm pretty sure this is Steve. If it's not, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll put it to his name. <laughs> and then pissed all over the floor of the surgery while he was fainted. So he came to in a pool, like his head was bleeding, and he was in a pool of his own piss. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Yeah, it's rough, isn't it? The worst is when you have something or like you get some itch or like, I need to get tested and you're in some foreign country and you're like, I don't know how the healthcare works here. Oh my God. I don't know where I'm going to be and like, you got to come back in a week. I'm like, I'm not going to be here in a week on yeah, the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just wait till you get home. I guess, but it's like, I've been in Australia. I'm like, no, I want to fuck before the end of this goddamn trip. <laughs> and I want to come home and then do two weeks once yeah, I'm home. Yeah, just stay, just glove up. Yeah. Have you ever got anything? No, I've, oh, honestly, I, I'm, I'm so, yeah, it's amazing. I'm, I'm really, really happy with that. Yeah, no, I've, I've always been very safe. I've only ever had a couple of very drunk and stupid moments. I'm too paranoid. I grew up, you know, I just caught the end of the, when I was a kid, of like the AIDS scares. So for me, I was always like, no It was way. so frightening. Yeah, of course. It was like, you can get AIDS and die. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think I just I, I it got ingrained in me at a good age that now I yeah know, not now well now but but I mean, any times I've been single and doing that it's I've always been very careful. 
Yeah. Did you, when you got divorced, my friend said this, he said his dad said this, I guess you didn't have it, but he said his divorce was worse than his time in Vietnam. <laughs> and I was like, no fucking way. And he's like, how are you disagreeing with my dad? I'm like, I can't, this can't, no way. And then I got like a, my first bad breakup. And I'm like, oh, I sort of get it now. Well, I think, yeah. I mean, emotionally, I think. Sure, yeah. yeah. I'm sure it's like not to take away from soldiers and that, but it's, you know, is obviously there must be a lot of stresses of war, but there's also a lot of camaraderie and <laughs> some you know, good times. You know, yeah, there's good times. You're hanging out with your mates and playing cards in a sort of trench. Yeah. But I think like there's no, if there's period, after a bad breakup, there's no plus points, is there? Yeah, it you takes go a long a phase. time. Yeah. Like if your if your buddy died in Vietnam, yeah, you can still remember like the good times with John before he got killed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like when you break up, the good times end up getting attained to like no fuck them. That's exactly it. I, so I did a show last year about drinking ayahuasca uh-huh. tea, and it wasn't just about drinking ayahuasca. It was about but yeah, it was about a sort of part of that. And um, I, I I talked in the show about how yeah after a big breakup you just file the whole relationship as bad like you really mm-hmm. find it hard because i think because you're scared to think of the good times because that will just make you think about the relationship again and, and you've gone through such a bad out. period you don't want to think about it uh, and that's how you end up coping with it you just sort of think i'm just not going to think about that anymore but with I, when i did ayahuasca it made me go back and look at all the nice times of that relationship and it was great really yeah it was like a little highlights reel of here are all the good times wow. so that's why you were together for that long of course it was loads of good times isn't it cool how psychedelics can just make you like step back away out of yourself and just be like, "Oh, totally." I'm looking at this guy named Carl, and he's he had some good times with this lady named yeah. Samantha. And it took me, but it took me to the the times as well. Have you done ayahuasca? No, I gotta do it. It's it's. I mean, it's so different to anything else. Really? It, yeah, I've not done any uh, hallucinogens since. Oh no, sorry, that's not true. I've done. I did one little day on mushrooms for a yeah. laugh. But, for a laugh, one little day on. But mushrooms. no, like, an afternoon, like a light. A light mushroom does. Well, yeah, like okay. it, no, it wasn't even that light. It was just me and a friend. Um, just it was a sunny day about a year ago, and just before the festival, and we just took it in mind and sat in the garden and just laughed for four hours. That's great. And um, but apart from that, I've not. You know, I did things like DMT and I'm like looking for some what's like what you know some not answers is the wrong word, but some experience of something to think about. Yeah. And if, when I did ayahuasca, it felt like I'd almost worked my way up to that. And it felt like I'd got to like the final boss of the computer game. <laughs> yeah. And once I did that, I was like, I think I've, I can take a bit of time off playing that game now. Yeah. So I've not really had that urge to do anything when like that, that for a while. When did you take them? Where? When? Jeez, uh, almost two years ago now. It's October really? 2016. And you stopped taking like DMT and all that stuff? I haven't taken anything for ages. Wow. What happened to our DMT party we're going to have? Well, no, I have some coming. Weirdly, I've, I've, I'm, I'm not ruled it out and said I wouldn't yeah. do it. I've just not had the urge for it. Yeah. Girl, yeah, I've just decided to just wait until it comes around again. Because it's, yeah, it's, I've been doing a lot of meditation and stuff. So I've been doing the things that, on a similar vein, but more au naturel. I love when you do like a massive trip on something, and I don't have the experience in my while, so I don't know. And there's some point where you're like, Oh, I'm just good now for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want it or need it. Totally. Or you might even take it again, but then it's like, that's not doing anything for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm already like kind of cleaned. Yeah. That's what the ayahuasca just felt so like, I woke up the next morning, I was just sitting there in the sunshine, like that was, that was big. Where was it? Where'd you do it? I did it in London. But yeah, there was like a shaman guy. One of those house got, parties? 
No, well, I, just, I got put in touch with a shaman guy and he's been going to Peru and training to be a shaman for ages and he's just started doing them quite you know, underground in London. Yeah, we have those in America. They go from like someone donates their house. Yeah. Uh, well, he's sort of built this crazy retreat in his back garden. Oh, really? So it felt, and, and it's just surrounded by trees, you know, outside all night. It was amazing. But it really, it was hard. It's harder than any other thing I've ever done. What do you mean? Drug-wise. Sweating through it? Just it just feels like you know with say acid or something. Even on a t- a big acid trip when you go heavy, you know there's moments on it where you start. You might have a little thought of like I don't know if I'm ever coming back from this one. Yeah. But with ayahuasca, you you genuinely go through the phase of like this is me now. This is it. I mean I'm stuck in this self. You know, looking at constantly going through like it was almost like a. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, say your life flashes before your eyes. It was almost like that, but it made me go and stop at moments and have a real look at it and go, right, oh, this is one of the moments you you think quite badly about. Have another look at it now with a bit of hindsight, and actually you'll see there was some good in that. And it was like this sort of eternal sunshine and the spotless mind thing. It took me through this massive tour of memories from different parts of my life and made me just sit through them again. Wow. And it was so, like, it was hard. And it was, like, there was wow. times I was crying. There was times I was just fetal position were you sentient like were you like there at times i was at it was at like i was back in those moments like um like the ghost of christmas past like yeah, come so with was, me yeah yeah no there was times when i was watching it like that but there was times when i was experiencing it so oh i was actually there was one where it took me back to being about seven or eight years old and i was seven or eight i was lying there in bed and my mum was sitting on the bed with a, a cold like flannel on my head because i had a whooping cough and it just made me re-experience that. What really? How old were you then? About seven or eight. Wow. So it was pretty. Yeah, and you went through the whooping cough again. Well, yeah, I felt. I felt. I was just taken to that moment Jeez. again and experienced it. But I experienced it now. But I also, in the sense, in my head, I was still. I was lying there as an eight-year-old, but I had the sense of looking at. I knowing what I know now as well. Oh, cool. So I could see my mum being a good mum. Because that's what I'd forgotten after all the years of her difficult sort of behaviour. It, I, I sort of had got a bit, you know, I just, I don't know, I, just, I distanced myself a bit from my family. And then it made me go back and look and see that she actually was a decent mum for quite wow. a few years. So weird, now that you're an adult, you go back and you can, like, re-examine stuff. It's and mad. if you don't re-examine stuff, you're still like, I hate that guy. Yeah. Whatever. And then if you do, you'll be like, oh, yeah. hold on. I was an asshole to this yeah. dude. And all he did was <laughs> just fucking move away from me. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it did loads of that. I also had a, I had a past life regression on it as well. What? To, and this is weird. What? Uh, but again, it could have just been whatever. But I've, weirdly, I've had other ones. I've had dream-based like ones that felt like past life regressions. And it was to being a, it being a Native American. No fucking way. Absolutely. And this, is, uh, this makes me sound like an idiot. I mean, I guess that you don't have to stay in your same spot, right? <laughs> no. You have different accents yeah, and stuff. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, um, yeah, I had this crazy past life experience. What, what was, and you remember being Native American? Yeah, I was a shaman as well. And then, yeah, it's weird. I, it's like, I can't, this, this is the thing, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure about any of it. It could all be bollocks, couldn't it? But it's, it, it, was really, it was really a, weird, the, a weirdly vivid experience. And that was the only one out of all of it. The whole night was real life personal experiences I've had. 
and it took me back there parts of my marriage everything and maybe just have a little look at it and then i'd cry and vomit and get it all out yeah and then i'd sort of go back into the visions and then i'd come out and have another cry and a vomit and a reset and <laughs> go back in and it was that for like seven hours really oh it was brutal oh, the shaman gosh. actually told me that i set the record for the most vomit he's ever seen anyone do <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but yeah i did and then just out of the blue in this in the midst of it i had this weird past life I had this vision of being in another life. Whoa. God damn. So maybe, yeah. It's weird. That I'd, yeah. I mean, it, it, imagine, I, I don't know. I don't know what people believe about reincarnation or any of that stuff, but it's interesting that I'm drawn towards all these things and this past life regression was that I was a bloody shaman who was into all this stuff as well. You yeah, nobody know. has past life regressions where they're like, they're like, seeing themselves scrubbing I was like what is that it's like oh it's a toilet oh I'm a fucking Indian a fucking the bottom <laughs> cast just scrubbing somebody's yeah, toilet yeah, yeah. who's also not of any note it's just some guy yeah, in yeah. the middle class yeah it's, true. it's always it's like a shaman or yeah, chief or a grand that's the thing yeah, it's probably just my ego trying to pretend that something was I was something in a past life yeah my friends call me shaman in America because I'm always the one giving them the right amount of mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that's shaman. You guys should fucking, I'm not, <laughs> just catch up. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think that's pretty good. Cool, man. I think we got into shit. I guess we didn't <laughs> need much more time. Just end when I just say some really dumb reveal about my no, that's shaman. so cool, but, though. I want to like, but I, do I want to do some. I'll tell you a funny story about this. It's very quick, but I, this no, is link, it's linked yeah. to yeah. the shaman thing. So I've always weird, and this is before all this. This was only eighteen months ago. But I've always, I've always had this weird like of Native American, uh-huh. just music, poetry stuff. One of my because like, you used to be one. Well, probably, yeah, yeah. But one of my favorite poets is a guy called John Trudell. Do you know who John Trudell is? He was a Native American oh, uh, activist. Oh, okay. Uh, he died of, I think he died of cancer a few years back. But he, um, brilliant poet. Yeah, he was an activist for indigenous peoples around the world. Um, but mostly, obviously, about Native American uh, issues. I, he's got an album called Tribal Voices, which is amazing. It's him doing spoken word stuff over, like, and, I mean, over like crazy, big Native American chanting. And I, um, I've got it on my laptop. I had a dream about three months ago. Yeah. Uh, that, and in the dream, I was a shaman in America, Native America, probably 200, 300, 400 years ago, whatever. And my laptop, which was in the corner of the bedroom, shut, closed, standby, started blaring out that album and woke me and my wife up. And closed? Closed. And so basically we were both asleep. I was having a dream about being a Native American shaman. And Native American chanting started blaring out in the bedroom. We both jumped out of bed wondering what was going on. I heard it was coming from the corner. I ran towards the laptop and it stopped before I got to it. (gasps) And then we just had to go back to bed. And I told her the next day that I had that I was mid dream when it happened. What? I didn't tell her the night because I thought it might creep her out. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there is some weirdness to it. And I don't even I I mean again, it t- could be total coincidence. Yeah, I mean that's what you want to think. Everybody who could hear that goes like, well, maybe it was playing before, and that's why you were dreaming that because it was already playing. Yeah, I would pro- probably listened to that about a week before. So it but wasn't still, like your it laptop's wasn't, closed. That happens. Some t- but like I've never it had it happen another time, so it's weird that it happened the one time I was having a. I've had, had not to have a start, but when you close it, it keeps playing for like ten seconds, like a chicken with its yeah, head. Yeah, but this was three in the morning, and just then it started out of nowhere, and then stopped. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, what I'm saying is, I'm moving. Dude, they're it. for sure hacking into our computers. 
I mean, if stuff can just go when it's oh, even totally. closed, yeah, they're yeah, fucking yeah. watching us. Definitely. Um, are you doing any touring around the UK or anything? Um, sort of bits and bobs. I'm actually going to be in LA in October. I'm popping over to see Chris Martin. Oh. Who's... Uh, I might I'm gonna do a couple of gigs when I'm there. Yeah, I actually might be there in October. My friend's wedding is the twentieth. Oh, I'm there. I'm go, so I'm going on the twelfth to the twenty second. Uh, I think I'm yeah, going to do a couple of gigs and just I've never been, so I'm going to check it out. So I think I'm going to be doing like put your hands together, which is one gig or something, okay. like that, and hot tub, hot, hot tub, hot, yeah. yeah, Brown Holler and uh, Kristen, yeah. Kristen so I think I'm Wiggs. doing a couple of gigs, no, just going to be just Charles popping up and doing a little bit. So I've never done gigs in the states. That's so. cool. Yeah, I'll get you a spot at the store in some, one of the rooms at least. Not in like the red girl lineup because they're so like territorial about like, oh, really? paid regulars. That'd be amazing. But yeah. But yeah, I'm thinking, I'm, then I'm, I think we're going to go to that. There's like Demon Days Festival or something. Music festival? Yeah. Are you going to go back to, to New York on your way home? I don't, no, no, this trip we're not going to. It's just going to be a little 10 day. Me and my wife just going to nip over to see friends. And I, yeah, I just thought I'll try and squeeze a couple of gigs in when I'm there. If you... Uh... No, I guess I'm not. Well, maybe. I'm saying the way home, I'll probably be gone. If you wanted to go there, you could use my apartment. Um, oh, that's cool. Cheers, man. Um, but yeah, I think we're just flying in and out of LA. Okay. That'll be fun. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Are you going to do some podcasts with Martin? Yeah, we're going to try, yeah, because obviously at the minute we're doing them separately and sort of... Each putting a different one up? Yeah, we do every we, so we alternate it every week. He either does one, I've done one. And I've now got a sort of new co-host yeah so, I met him Dean Julian oh Julian yeah, yeah 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 so me and Julian do it every you should, you should come and do another one while we're here we're mm-hmm. going to record something Edinburgh. you're doing them at bars again or are you doing no, them no we're doing private? them just here oh, we'll okay. just record we're going to bank a few to release yeah for sure right, that's a cool idea so he's gone so you're just like fucking alright <laughs> instead of trying to Skype and get well yeah it just sounds a bit shit when you're not in the same room it I think. does so I think I've just me and Julian are you know really good mates he's really funny and we just we've got a good little uh you know, rapport between us. So I think oh, our cool. listeners like it like that. You are one of the guys. Tell me if you think this is true. Cause you're one of the guys here who has doing, um, I'm trying not to be demeaning, but doing American style comedy, which is the f- focus on, on jokes and funny instead of like trying to say something. Yeah. This year in particular. Yeah. Like, but I, 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 but I don't do it every year. So now and again, I sort of, yeah. last year my show was quite story yeah but even when you do that you you, you don't leave uh the humor behind the way oh, a lot no, of these not people at all. do no i saw to... i'm always and also i'm always you know i'm always the butt of the joke i think yeah i think i like to make i like to point out my own sort of dumb yeah. nature but that american view of it we're like i'm not gonna fucking get st- cry serious for 10 minutes there's no fucking way in the <laughs> yeah, world I'm yeah, doing yeah. That. I'll say some dark stuff but I'm yeah. not gonna start like yes. what was me so are you saying I'm I feel like I'm starting to see a change towards your, that style now here towards American or English uh, English towards, and yours towards the joke just let's just have some fun instead of this like dark like Hannah Gatsby kind of like I, I feel that when I'm here this year I feel the push of like well, maybe fuck those reviewers and fuck those awards and let's just put on good shows for good audiences. Maybe I just think um, I mean we we've we've got that environment where it's sort of it, the scene. Everything's welcome. We everyone does whatever they want to mm-hmm. do. Absolutely. Because I think, but that's yeah. Because we've got we come from the you know here Australia and all that have the festival. So we got and often they're fringes as well. So you know this isn't a comedy festival. It's an arts festival. Right. So I think that's why it's always been quite welcoming of comedians coming and doing something different and maybe getting less. 
joke heavy and all that. So I think here we're just sort of quite welcoming of anything. But I do think like this year some of the some of the shows I've heard really good things about are just proper I'm gonna bang out an hour of stand up about some stuff. Uh-huh. You know, so I think it's um, even Hastings. He does like a loose like storyline about getting yeah. hit by it, but it's really just a bit that he split up oh, over, totally. over, yeah, over yeah. an hour. But it's a five minute bit. Yeah, like, I still think there's yeah. This year, I've heard really good things about a couple of shows that are much more theatrical and that. But oh, but there's um yeah, the few I've got a few friends who are doing shows that are just straight down the line stand up. Yeah, they're talking about some issues. They're talking about some stuff, but they're not. But as a bit, are, and as not a, as like yeah, they're show. playing it fully for. Yeah, so I'm starting to see more of that become like, eh, you know what? I'm gonna do this. Not all, yeah. but like I think the- that, over here that's cyclical. It happens. Oh, all really? the time. I went through a phase about seven, eight years ago, where there's, there'd been a couple of years where it was really, really alternative. The stuff that was getting sort of the plaudits. Yeah. And then there was a year after where all the award nominees were like just proper stand, like an hour of just walk on, say hello, start banging out some gear and then finish an hour later there was no sort of almost no point to it yeah well that's other than being funny other than leaving having a great time yeah and then sort of next year it got suddenly it went back the other way and i think it's just it it changes every year this festival's got a real cycle to it i started telling about jimmy carr winning that the 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 golden pumpkin and um and uh i think it was out here and like that style could never win one of those now just like here's some funny jokes about nothing i suppose maybe but then, like, yes, Dimitri Martin got nominated for it. He did. He did, yeah, when he yeah, came he's over. for sure that. And that's sort of, his style is that, isn't it? It's, uh-huh. um, when was that? How long ago was that? Oh, man, I, that would have been when I first ever came ten up Ten years here. ago. Over ten years, yeah, yeah, probably 12 or something. Yeah, where it's like, it's different now. Yeah. But then again, I, I th- what I'm starting to hear from people is like, those awards are great, whatever. Oh, I definitely I'm not think, interested in that. I'm interested in putting on a great show. Yeah, I know. I think reviewers, def- reviews and awards definitely have lost their... Panache. Yeah, just because... Well, reviewers, because there's too many reviews now. Mm-hmm. Used to be, there was like, even when I first started coming out, there'd be like the Telegraph, The Guardian. There'd be about five main reviewers. And now there's those five, and then there's 25 blogs and websites. All and giving out reviews, and so, some fucking 19-year-old. Yeah, so the main ones, like uh, Guardian and that, have sort of cut back their budget, because they're like, well, why would we spend all this money when our reviews are just getting lost in the ether of all the other ones? So actually, they've just lost their currency. No one gives a shit, really. No one really matters. It doesn't matter anymore. You walk past a poster, and it's got 10 four-star reviews strapped to <laughs> it. Like, like, how many reviewers are yeah, there? What, yeah, what's... It's almost like, are you guys trying to get free tickets? Yeah. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> just trying to see a lot of shows for free? Exactly. So I yeah. think most, I mean, most comics I know, start, I've stopped caring about them. Like, I, I've not read, I, I read one review this year of myself. And you it's did. the first review of myself I've read in about Why'd seven years. Why did you read years. it? Because the guy came on a night where my show was just crazy. There was loads of crazy people there. So you wanted to see what he actually wrote? Yeah, so I spoke to him afterwards. I said, I'm going to read this one because I, I just want to, I'd be interested to see what you thought of the audience. Yeah. Because they were just mad. You know what they never do in reviews? Because I won't read mine either. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I think it's damaging for a comic. Absolutely. Good, Good or, or bad. bad. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's fun to watch other people, especially if I was at the show that they were reviewing. I'm yeah, like, yeah, ooh, yeah. it's fun to see what they yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, Because that's what you want to just, I, often I think, yeah, like that's why I read that. Because I was really fascinated to see what he thought of the audience. Yeah. And he thought, yeah, he said he actually, I think he gave a good account of what felt like a really tricky gig. Oh, really? Because of them, not because of me. He actually was very... Yeah, he, was, he gave me a lot of praise for managing the room, how I did. Oh, that's cool. But then he, he, I'm sure he put in there, like, this is not clearly not as normal. That's not uh, yeah, he said it's not see. the show. This guy's good at handling situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'd like to see them start reviewing? It's like, 
It was way too hot in there. Yeah. Just so you know what you're getting into. It's <laughs> yeah. sweltering and the chairs yeah. are very uncomfortable. Yeah. I would sit in the front few because those are the ones with the padding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that should be a review that I could actually Definitely. use as an audience yeah, member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. If you get was a like, star rating for, the, for how funny you are, a yeah. star rating for how funny the actual show is, <laughs> star rating for, yeah, how hot the room is. Are the door guys nice? Or are they fucking yeah. pushy? Where you queue. Yeah. You, is it covered <laughs> to be in the rain? In the rain, yeah. All of that, and then it's just an average score. So you'd have the best show in the world, but if it's in a bad venue, you get two you stars. You can't, yeah, exactly. That should be part of it. Yeah. But terrible show. You're a shit comedian, lovely venue. I mean, when you do like a restaurant, yeah, when you do a restaurant, when you read a review, it's like, it was, it's almost never just the food. No, of course. It's like this fucking dickhead waiter. Yeah. It's drafty. <laughs> but yeah, Michelin star food. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, three and a half. All right, right buddy. Cool. Well, thank you very much. Cheers, man. Have a great time in America. I will, yeah. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Hope you meet some of your past life friends. I'm, yeah, I'm going to go to uh, <laughs> Joshua Tree. Have you ever been there? No, I'm going to go oh, one night. bro. Yeah, we're thinking of doing a night out there, and I'll probably go off into the okay. wilderness. Well, what you want to get is that it's borderline when it's too cold, but if you can get a full moon night or a, or, or, or a big moon night, yeah. then you don't need flashlights. Yeah. You just want it. There's full shadows on you. It's yeah, my yeah. favorite place in the world. To do oh, mushrooms. really? All right, cool. Yeah. I might even, yeah, I think maybe I'll look into getting something for yeah. the evening. I could try to make some calls for you All so right, you can like, have stuff there. But like, it's the best. So yeah. you go put your stuff in a tent. Yeah. You borrow a tent from somebody. You pretty much just park your car right there and then yeah. just like take your shit and wander out. Really? It's just death and you climb boulders and it's just Wicked. fun. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Oh, I get so jealous of people that haven't <laughs> ever done that and are going yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Like, people were like, I'm about to start The Wire. And it's like, oh, <laughs> so, you're so lucky. Um, all right, where's, where's, where are you on? Carl Donnelly on Twitter? Yeah, just at Carl Donnelly. Two N's, two L's? Two N's, two L's, yeah. And on Instagram and all that garbage? Cool, man. All right, thanks, man. Oh, and then your podcast is on All Things Comedy. It is, yeah. It's just the Carl, Carl and Chris uh, podcast. Half, half split up now. Yeah, you're we going now through a divorce. To, we went through a period where it was, we were referring to it as the Carl or Chris podcast. Carl or Chris. But now I call it the Carl and Julian and not Chris podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. It's, it's changing. Yeah. All right. Thanks, cool, man. man. That's the episode. Okay, I am now... I did not upload that when I said I was going to. It's been, what, five days? I'm in Ireland now. Listen to this. Listen to the way these people fucking talk. Listen to this.
That's Gaelic. I got a car. I went to. I had a day off after. I mean, what the fuck? That's an actual language. Um, so I had the day off after Manchester, so I was like, let me go to see the Cliffs of Moher. I'd been hearing about them for a while. I think an ex- ex-girlfriend or some lady I dated, I guess, wouldn't be a girlfriend. Um, yeah, she told me about them, and they were tremendous. So I went, I just flew to Shannon in Western Ireland, and then I just went to the Cliffs of Moher that day. Um, landed at like 8.45, slept in my car for a couple hours, and then just fucking drove on the... Well, the next... I mean, I got a, like a bed and breakfast. I just like drove like 30 minutes till I found some place to vacancy. But then I just drove all through... Every time it said on the GPS, it said uh, 15 minutes longer this way, I'm like, I'm going that way. Eight minutes longer. Eight minutes slower. Yep, that's what I'm doing. And I just took side roads from the west of Ireland to the east of Ireland. It was great, man. It was just fucking beautiful country. The weather was warm, too, so I was okay. Dude. Sometimes driving is just fun. Anyway, that's the episode. Did you guys enjoy it? Um, I hope you see Goatface, uh, Fahim's, uh, from last week, for his, his, uh, his sketch special on Comedy Central this Tuesday at 11 o'clock, I believe. Um, on Comedy Central and oh I gotta make a lift and um, and get Sickler's album for sure get Sickler's album even if you can't afford it go get it on Spotify and listen to it and tell him how you liked it uh, he'll be back on the episode we recorded like half an episode and then we realized it, it's, it's pretty deep the conversation we were getting into and it was like we were running out of time and to go pick up his kid like he said and it was like hey dude let's just finish this later let's just get back to it because um, we're not giving this the, as much respect as it deserves as a topic. Yeah, box out. Dude, what's better than the box out move when you get a guy fucking stopped in the left lane and you got to get by him and you're in the right lane and he's just stopping all traffic. You just whiz right by. Box out. Um, man, all I did was listen to Gaelic talk radio and drove across the country. It was so cool. Occasionally they play songs. One time it became like, it was Sunday, so they had like a Christian hour. I, I inferred from what I listened to. It was so cool. Um, anyway, so now I'm off. Back to the rest of my tour. I'm going to Brussels right now. <coughs> Brussels, Amsterdam, Denmark, then Berlin. Um, is Stavanger in there? No, Stavanger and then Berlin. Um, and then, I don't know where else. Copenhagen, I said that. Oh, no, Stockholm, I did that. Oh, Denmark's coming up afterwards. I get it. Copenhagen's afterwards. Um, it's Stockholm on this one. Regardless. Also, I just added Jerusalem. So, if you guys want to go to AriShafir.com so you can get tickets to the Jerusalem show, you got to do it right now. It's a fucking small room. Um so get on it right now. Go to AriShafir.com or AriTheGreat.com. 
and fucking pick up tickets. 11.50. I'm going to miss my flight. It's... And then I, ooh, if I miss that flight, how am I going to get to Brussels in time? I really should not miss this flight. Um, 11.50, 12. Yeah, I'll, I'll be okay. Um, yeah, for sure, get tickets to that. Um, storytelling show, December 15th in Tel Aviv. We're doing Israeli stories. I have one, I think. And then... Um, and then my hour, Ari Shafir Jew in Jerusalem, Jerusalem, December 18th at the Blaze Bar. Um, tickets are AriTheGret.com. Uh, also, storytelling show January 15th, I believe, maybe 16th, but I think 15th, in Washington, D.C., 6th and I. Uh, tickets up there now. Surprise lineup. Unless it doesn't sell very well, then I'll start telling you the fucking great names you already got going down. Um, but hopefully it just starts selling well, so it's a surprise. Uh, Sacramento, Denver, uh, Tempe and Phoenix, all coming next year. I think that's it. Oh, uh, um, La Jolla Comedy Store in San Diego with Steve Simone and another date and the main room, one show only, the 19th of February. Uh, all right, you guys, that's the episode. Pretty interesting. Breaking up. Oh, yeah, that's who it was, Rilo Kylie. That's who the band was. That I couldn't think of. Rilo fucking Kylie, man. Yep. Dude, you're driving on the other side of the street, which is already like a problem. And then you add in talking on your um, Zoom to record a podcast. And now you're talking about unsafe driving. I was trying to text and drive on those fucking meandering uh, Irish roads. Not a good idea. It was so beautiful, though. Fucking walls of stone on either side sheep dude i got so i went down a i mean i guess a one-way road and it just ended i had to turn around there's all these sheep dogs started running after me and started barking one started barking and then like three or four more started barking and they started going crazy barking and then i tried to turn around and they were biting at my tires they're like arr, arr. <laughs> i was trying to turn i didn't want to hit them but they were biting my tires i mean i but i didn't hit them oh it was so fun you guys if you ever get a chance to go to western ireland and go to the cliffs of moor it's near Galway. It's gorgeous. I'll post pictures uh, on my Instagram. But goddamn. Oh, I mean, it's like you'll see the pictures. They do it kind of justice. It's kind of like their version of the Grand Canyon, but it just cliffs that drop off into the fucking abyss of the Atlantic. Um, all right, you guys. I think that's the episode. I mean, I've got, still got to drive. What's that? 29? 13 minutes. Okay. Um, is there anything else to add? I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm looking forward to this trip. I might go to... Well, we'll see. I don't know if I'll have more episodes before the end of the year. I might, I might not. Um, it's been hard even to, to get this done in hotel rooms. I don't know. You know what I'm realizing? I'm, I'm now a fan of doing stuff that's fun instead of doing stuff that I'm supposed to do. I've already been traveling enough. I got a little cold. So... You know what I mean? So it's like Dublin last night. I have a little bit of a cold. I drank with the, with the, with the comics, um, Dwayne and Richie, both funny. And then, uh, and then I was like, I just want some late night food. And I ate in my bed, like in my bed. I'm not sure you understand me. I was under the covers, propped up like I'm watching TV as an old person. And... Where's that coming from? 
and then I was just in my like in my bed, and then I was eating. I got a towel. It was so decadent. Uh, anyway, all right, this episode's over. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning in. Um, that's it. Have a good day. Until next week. Bye. Oh, and Zurich. Zurich is the end, October 9th. Oslo, Stavanger, and Zurich. Oslo is October... F- what? Is the 5th? Did I, was I not supposed to make that turn? Dude, I am almost getting hit left and right in this fucking country. I've driven on the wrong side of the road many times. Gotten looks... <laughs> Mostly in garages, so it's like, oh no, I didn't understand. Ugh. I got yelled at once in Thailand. The guy like gave me the fucking move over. I think it was Thailand. It was right. Um. Anyway, that's the episode. Thank you very much. I, I don't know when I'll be tuning back in, but get tickets if you know people in those cities: Stavanger, Oslo, Zurich, Copenhagen, Amsterdam, um, Brussels tonight only. Um, Copenhagen sold out. Uh, is that it? Copenhagen, Amsterdam. Fucking ma'am, I guess so. Stopping her. Alright, bye. Thank you, bye. It's been seven hours and fifteen days since you took your love away. I go out every night. Your love Since you've been gone I can do whatever I want I can see whomever I choose I can eat my dinner in a fancy
Nothing, nothing. 